0: Case in on, everybody, welcome back to the Case and Pun Podcast. With us today, we got Brady, Aiden, and myself, and we have a special guest that's replacing Ryan just for this episode, maybe a few more in the future. We'll see. <laughs> but uh we have a reoccurring guest, it's Andrew Bailey back on the podcast. Uh Mr. Bailey, welcome back. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, we're really excited. Uh, you know, I, I think after we ended the last one, we were like, Oh, we definitely got to have them on again. So here's part two long long-awaited part two.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> you know, I, I, we can start with some pleasantries, I guess. How's your quarantine
2: been? Uh, it's been fine. It's i uh, I've never been bored. I have a two year old at home with this, an eight, a nine now and a 10 year old. So it's, it's not boring. And then you're doing a lot of stuff online with kids and so not bored missing the, the contact with with students and and just seeing other people but it is what it is you guys
0: so we, we mentioned in the last one that you're a teacher um, how's that uh, how's that been like teaching online like have you been doing much like zoom like zoom calls with classes or how, how have you done that yeah so
2: well we're not allowed to use zoom but we have this thing called Microsoft teams which is the same thing yeah. and then okay. we've, so we've been doing that I've done that with the three basketball academy classes and then I have like a, a homeroom class. So I've been doing that with them as well uh, once every week to two weeks and then as a phys ed teacher we put stuff up on online if the kids do it great if they don't do it that's fine too like I get it as a, as a parent it's been really tough because you know you want to get the math and the science and the language done first and if there's time for all the other stuff it's you know it's there for them but if they don't use it I'm not offended and I totally get it mm,
0: yeah have you, uh, have you done anything with like the, the Mac basketball teams? Have you guys had team meetings or any off season training kind of stuff or?
2: Yeah. Our, so our strength conditioning program is amazing. And so they've been doing a lot of that and they've been having zoom like strength and conditioning practices, basically with our, our coaches there. Um, as far as the team, we've had a couple zoom meetings. Um, but that's, yeah, that's about it.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah. I guess just, you know, I, it, all you can see like so on social media like all like the major teams like in the in the NHL, MLB, and NBA, all that stuff, all the workouts are changed right now. So it's kinda of interesting to see that like directly affects you and you and like your teams, right?
2: Yeah. Like it's been there's nothing you can do. You can't you can't practice. You can't do systems. Um I was talking to the coaches on the senior women's national team and even them, they they do some uh tactical stuff with zoom meetings and stuff with going over video, but we really, we can't, we can't do anything. And this week with the announcement, you know, we're not doing anything until January. It's going to be, it's going to be really hard for the athletes to be motivated to to pay attention to that kind of stuff right now, because they got to wrap their whole head around what is it going to look like in the fall anyway?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, speaking of basketball, I think today, you know, like I, if you guys listen to the last episode, I, I think, I feel like I said that three times already, but, uh, you know, do your homework. Um, we're doing, we're doing a little bit of a basketball episode here. Uh, yeah. The homework thing was a pun for Mr. Bailey. Cause he's a teacher. Ha, ha. Um, so pretty much right when the last dance came out, Mr. Bailey, I think you messaged all of us and said like, Mr. Bailey, part two, last dance, let's, let's, let's set it up. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. As soon as this thing's done, um, you know, I, at that point, I was still hoping we could do this one in person, but, uh, yeah. you know, we gotta get the review out pretty soon after the thing ends. We're doing this over zoom. Um, Brady, you want to, you want to talk about, uh, the last dance and intro this whole interview. Yeah. So,
3: um, it was a few months ago. We, I guess we all found out that uh, there's going to be a big Michael Jordan documentary, 10 uh, part series on, on Netflix and espn but um i don't i don't know about you guys but i don't get espn so i had to wait for the netflix to come out on monday which was fine and uh, you know two episodes per week um and it just kind of went through all the years of the bulls and jordan um over his whole career in chicago and highlighted a lot of um behind the scenes stuff about what you know what were their relationships like teammates coaches um gms uh, stuff like that and the different rivalries over the years and how the bulls kind of overcame a lot of their adversity and built you know one of the best teams if not the best team for sure in nba history or even any pro history. um you know one of the probably the best um what's it called um dynasty dynasties, dynasties, yeah probably the best dynasty of all time yeah. so it, it was really kind of cool to get to get an inside look on um on this team and how it worked and you know what was jordan like behind the doors and and all that kind of stuff. So um, Bailey, I know you're up pretty early Monday mornings. I'm pretty sure um, watching those every week. So, uh, what
0: what yeah, are you? Yeah, I saw those.
3: Yeah, I go saw those
0: stories at three a.m. every morning, Mister yeah. Bailey, watching the Last Dance. I'm like, man, like there's one guy I would expect to like just wait until the next day, like you know, healthy sleep schedule and all that. It's my fitness teacher, but you know, <laughs> 6, three a.m. for the Last Dance.
2: But so my plan was to do that the first week, and. So I did it the first week and I watched it and then I went back to bed and then my wife and, and one of my kids, my son wanted to watch it, but it was really <laughs> challenging because they kept interrupting, asking questions like, oh, is that true? Or, or oh. why, why did this happen? Yeah. And so the next Sunday came around. I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing it because I get to watch it in peace and quiet and I get yeah. to like enjoy it. And yeah. then it was also like Sunday night, I would, I would go on Twitter and you could see people starting to tweet about it. And I was like, Oh, I, I, and I couldn't fall asleep. Sometimes it was honestly like with all the stuff that's going on in the world. It was amazing to like, to have something to look forward to. And, uh, I loved it because it was, I I always say this, like he won his first championship when I was in grade six. And when I graduated high school, that's when he won his last championship. So like those formidable years of your life, he was, he was in his prime. It was, uh, it was awesome yeah i loved
0: it Mm -hmm. talk about dating yourself a little bit but uh um yeah like i mean brady you mentioned that it was like one of the best dynasties of all time it's six championships in eight years and two of those years essentially were without you know the great the greatest player in basketball and yeah my my uh, my opinion has been slightly altered since the last time we spoke um we can get into that in a little bit like when we start talking more about this but uh like, you win you win three straight, then Jordan goes off. Well, actually, you know what? We'll, 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 we'll go a little bit chronologically. We'll talk about that in a little bit, I guess. We'll get there, yeah. Um, so, I guess, you know what, Mr. Bailey, I'll ask you the first question. Or Bailey, sorry, I keep doing that. I'll ask you the first you question. Um, what was your opinion on the series as a whole? Like, without getting into too many specifics, like, did you think it was well done or what? Like, what?
2: Yeah, like, it's it was very – because when I – I had actually heard about it a couple years ago, and I thought it was just going to be about the Bulls. And then when you really – it was just about Michael Jordan. And I, I liked that it would – it kept going back to that 98 season, but then referencing things that mm-hmm. were going on in the past. I liked that they talked about, like, the Nike deal. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some things that I I could pick apart. Like, I got – like, they only showed Ron Harper once, and he was yep. a starter on three of those teams. That was crazy to me. Yeah. He didn't have Luke Longley was strange to me that they didn't have those people and even a small one like Marv Albert who was the play by play guy for five of his championships never interviewed and I, yeah. I thought that would have been a good one. Um but yeah I it's it was it was I thought it was well done. The music was great. The the, the number of they would intro a scene with the music from that that genre or that, that generation was that that really got me because as a kid, you you love that the music was a big part of it too. Um, the questions, I, I I know people have they kind of thrown the director under the bus a little bit. They think it was very you know one sided to Jordan, um, and I can see that too. I mean, there's a lot of criticisms that I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but if it's for pure entertainment, I was entertained, and I think the majority of people were entertained. Was it totally factual? Maybe not. Was it slanted to making Jordan look really good? Yeah. I and mean, that's fine. Like, if you want to call it a documentary or whatever, whatever.
0: I mean, if you do a series on the Bulls, like, Michael Jordan is going to get the spotlight no matter what. Even if you're talking about current day Bulls, Michael <clears> Jordan <throat> will always have the spotlight. So, I, I I honestly think they did a really good job of, like, having, like, showcasing other players. Like, Dennis Rodman is, like, you could have a whole documentary about him. That guy is insane. Like, I knew that before the documentary. And some of the stuff that came out, like, in that documentary about him, like, was you know, pretty crazy, but pretty on brand for him. Uh, yeah. You know, the Pippen stuff. Like, I heard Pippen came out after and said like that he wasn't happy with the documentary and how he was portrayed. But like, I don't know. Like Jordan said it like in the middle of it. Like you, it, without Pippen, there's no Jordan. So yeah. I don't know what more that what more do you want if you're Pippen? But you know,
2: yeah. The, the the stuff I liked is they did talk about those middle years without him, and they they did dive into that. Like I remember that when when Pippen didn't go in for that timeout. Because he, he won the last shot and Kukos got the last shot. Like, it's, yeah, d- did Scotty Pippen look great? No, the one thing I did learn was, was how he didn't have, he delayed his surgery through the summer and then he missed the start of the 98 season. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. Does that make him look good? No, but, I mean, he, I, I, like you said, Jordan said it himself, there's no way, there's no way they win like they do without Pippen.
0: No, of course. Um, I will
4: say it is kind of interesting. Like they made Jordan look like an absolute superstar, which I mean, he was, but they made him look like a really shit guy at some point. Like they, they went really back and forth with that. And I mean, I guess that's kind of how it seemed to some people, but they really threw him under the bus a couple of times there. It seemed like.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think he was, he's not liked by his teammates. Even, even then you can see there's things like I, I go back to, um, If you watch that last episode and when he celebrates, he's with some rich white guy that's Mm -hmm, hanging out in the, in the the locker room. He's not with his team. And then he goes back to the hotel and he's, and that rich white guy's still there. And you don't see Scottie Pippen. You don't see, you know, Dennis Rodman, like they're all celebrating on their own. And he's kind of with this whole other group. Mm -hmm. So it, it looked like he was never, they were never tight off the court. Like, I know they used to say that about Rodman, that they wouldn't hang out. But I think that was true for all of them with Jordan, like Jordan and Ron and Ron Harper and Scott, like, I, I think Jordan was off on his own a lot.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You like hear so much about chemistry in the locker room and how important that is. Like, but you're right. Like it looked like they really didn't have anything like off the court. They played well on the court, of course. And you know, everyone sees that, but then you see all the stuff behind the scenes of like a teammates calling him, we have it in the doc right here, calling him assholes, calling or calling him an asshole, calling him a bully. Um, And one thing that's that Brady noted was the, uh, steve kerr and michael jordan fight and yeah. like i feel like that that's when uh uh that's when jordan like finally started to respect steve kerr was after he like had a fight with him like that's just it's interesting because like you it, he's kind of more like kobe than lebron in terms of like a leadership style um so do you do you think that like like that like his his what am i trying to say here his like his persona like his him being a jerk do you think that was necessary in order for them to win six or do you think that like he could have gone like the lebron route and been a better teammate i
2: i don't i don't think so like i think i think i think you nailed on the head i think kobe and him are they're like one a one b i think they're very similar they they were perfectionists they would get upset with their teammates if they weren't doing certain things and you you saw that in the documentary like the way they treated scott burrell um but no like i i i don't think it was going to work if he was going to try to like, you know, make everyone feel good all the time, um, especially in the world of NBA basketball. Um, And, and I think Phil Jackson was critical in that kind of like success. Like they needed him to like, make sure that everyone was on the same page and, and he, he had this harmony and like, he wasn't coaching the X's and O's a lot. He was doing more, making sure everyone's on the same page, you know, talking about Rodman and giving him his time and his, his, his time off that he needed in Vegas. (laughs) Um, But I, no, I, I think like, I don't think they, they do what they do without Jordan being a jerk. And then will Purdue talked about that. He was like, was he a jerk? Yes. Was he an asshole? Yes. But he wanted to get the most out of us and we won with it. So it's, it's all what, like, what do you want out of it at the end of the day? If you want to win, you kind of have to, you have to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Um, I think you you know you mentioned Phil Jackson. There's so there's so much about this documentary. Like we can oh, yeah. keep jumping around at different things. There's so much we can dive into. Um, but like one thing, one thing that was really interesting for me and that like like obviously everybody knows about the, the you know you care about sports, you care you know about the three peats, you know about six rings, you know about Michael Jordan, you know about Dennis Rodman. But a lot of the Jerry Krause stuff I had no idea. Like I had zero clue the guy was just a giant jerk. And like I think that's like one of the first things that like Aiden and I talked about like when we were when he and I texted about the the doc was wow this guy sucks like imagine saying like you can go 82 and 0 win the championship and you're still getting fired like that is just the most absurd statement i've ever heard in my entire life
2: yeah I, I i do think within the documentary like it's it's hard yeah they they paint jerry Krause in a horrible picture and it's that's hard because he's not alive to defend himself yeah. um but i do think reinsdorf gets off a little bit like i i think he probably could have been just as guilty as as Krause, um in this whole thing, but 100. What's your job is to build a winner, and you had a winner. Like, yeah. what are you expecting? And and it was the first episode. Jordan says like the Cubs have been rebuilding for 42 years, and it's not been working for him. Like when you have that winner, just keep them together. I mean, the amount of money that even as a even as an owner, the amount of money you're going to make in comparison to what it's going to cost to get these guys. You're never gonna have that again. So yeah. I don't understand that. Like, I think of it like, well, right now what happened to Tom Brady? Like, was that? Did they have another couple more? Like, should they have thrown more money at him? Like, I don't know. That's I'll throw that to Brady as like as the Pats fan.
3: Yeah, I think I think it might be similar. You know, obviously the Pats don't have you know their their team isn't what it used to be, but I think you just have to. That's one of the things. I mean, you got. What the greatest, probably one of the greatest of all time, you know, Brady or Mike, you know, it's comparable and, you know, you have dynasties in both teams and you have people who are, you know, at the end of their career or getting, getting older. And it's like, you know, do I want to shell out the money to this older person when we can, you know, kind of do a soft rebuild or for, in the Bulls' three case, a hard rebuild. But it's like, I think at that point, a superstar like that, not even a superstar greatest of all time. I think they kind of earned that, you know, they may be a bit older, but it's like, we're going to overpay you because we respect you you're the face of our franchise for the last couple, decade or two it's it's kind of you know yeah maybe Brady only has a couple years left or maybe he declines right now and father time hits him but I think he's kind of earned that you know a couple extra million bucks so <laughs> especially know. when I, he wasn't
2: paid what he should have been paid kind of like Scottie Pippen yeah yep. he was underpaid for how long yeah
3: severely, that severely ridiculous.
2: underpaid ridiculous what,
0: Brady, do you have a stats on his contract here? I thought I saw yeah, it somewhere. It's yeah, in there. Seven years, $18 million. Like, there's, there's average guys in the NBA making that now, and obviously, like, you know, there's a little bit of inflation and salaries always go up, but yeah. even at the time, like, hold on, you have it all here, Brady. Like, yeah. so Jordan's coming in at $33 million per year. Best player in the league, no question. That's a no-brainer. Makes sense. Uh, Ron Harper, Tony Kukoc, 4.6. Rodman, 4.5. And Longley had 3.2. And then you have Scottie Pippen, who's – second best player on the team like easily you know he's a superstar in the league and he's making 2.8 million dollars like that's
1: that was that was an
0: interesting
2: point of the documentary when they talk about like he and you never think about that because we all think well you're gonna make millions for your you know for your entire career but he had he needed the money and he needed that security i never knew that about him i never i knew he came from a big family but that was it i didn't know his dad was you know he had a stroke and he was having to look after his family. Like that's that. I mean, you, you really look at him as a person and not just a pro athlete that yeah. he was having to look after his whole family and he needed that guaranteed cash and he couldn't gamble on himself because yeah. he needed that. But then I had heard, I had heard that later on, cause he's, he signs another deal with the, the bulls, like at the very end of his career and Jalen Rose was playing with him at that time. And Jalen Rose is asking questions and he's like, dude, I don't know. I'm making up for lost time. I'm not working right now. Like he was (laughs) like, I'm just going to sit on my ass. I'm going to collect because this organization owes me. And that's, that's all I'm doing. So I, and I don't blame him at all. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, he, he contributed so much to these teams and it's the fact that he was making $2.2 million a year, like even then ridiculous. Although that's like a high level NHL contract. You know, just because their salary's so low, but, um, yeah, no, there's there like, you you see like how the team like reacted when Pippen was out with the I think it was the surgery, right? When when he wasn't playing, um, and it was just kind of like we're waiting till Pippin comes back. That was kind of it. Like Jordan can carry us to mediocre right now. When Pippen comes back, we're gonna be the best.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's you know two point two million. What a steal! That's like a the Nate McKinnon contract right now. I, I could probably throw that over to something in the nfl but i have no idea about contracts in the nfl um aiden you got the next question
4: um sorry i uh no do you want to take that actually my, like, sorry, we're, my we're, laptop's kind of yeah, glitching we, well, on me a little bit here we, we but... haven't
3: we have, there's no really order here but i guess we can yeah we can start to go chronologically and then whatever whatever um goes around goes around but uh sure. back you know back when jordan got drafted in in 84 i think it was or the year before yeah. that um he was drafted third overall and um you know hakeem was first boy was second um and that year he he went on to win rookie of the year averaging 28 points, 6.5 rebounds and almost six assists um they get they get they lost in four games in the playoffs but still it's like damn this jordan guy is good you know coming out of north carolina um Bailey do you remember just like that hype around you know Jordan's rookie season and like holy holy crap this guy's good
1: I I know you guys think
2: I'm old I was five
1: (laughs) five. so
2: (laughs) I wasn't I wasn't around a lot but I do the one thing I do like when you're reading those stats and stuff the the Sam Bowie thing is I think hilarious that we still like no one knows who that guy is no (laughs) like Hakeem people would like and they and Rod Thorne said it like People were taking Akeem regardless, um, yeah. but then the whole Sam Bowie like, who is this guy? And then there's there is one there's one highlight of Jordan against the Nets, and where he like goes up and under and it's like one of these crazy moves, and you see Sam Bowie on the bench, for the Nets. <laughs> you're like, uh, like that's that could have been them, but um, yeah, he. I mean, the one of my favorite parts of of the of the doc was when he was talking about his rookie year and he's going into that room and there's weed and women and Coke and drugs. And he was like, I got to get out. And I know people have said that he threw his teammates under the bus, but I'm like, that was the NBA then like the NBA, other than the Lakers and the Celtics, there was Coke everywhere. Like it was in the, in the late seventies, there was drugs rampant. So I don't think he's thrown under, under the bus. That's just the way it was. And he was trying to stay away from that. Now, was he or not? I, I kind of felt like he probably was because he was like Kobe. He probably treated his body like a temple and he didn't want to, you know, throw any of that crap in there, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, you make a good point, but it's not even just the NBA at that point. That's, that was pro sports at that point. Like, you know, like there's some crazy stories about the, uh, the MLB. Um, I think uh, his name's Willie Mays Aikens. He was a guy that played for the Kansas City Royals and, he was a guy that had never drank and never done anything growing up. And then all of a sudden he ended up like it just ramped up and he ended up serving years in prison because of like, he was trafficking coke. So it, it I, I agree. Like he never listed a single teammate by name. Everyone knows the roster at that point, but like he never listed a single teammate by name. He never called anybody out. So it was just, it, he was explaining the culture. I don't, I, I didn't really have an issue with that. No,
2: no, I was fine with it.
0: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it was that big of a deal.
3: Um, And then um, into the second year, um, they go 30 and 52 due to Michael injuring his foot um, or ankle, I should say. And he only played 18 games that season on some pretty uh, restricted minutes there. Um, And then uh, I have a question here, which, you know, Bailey is a coach um, with basketball. So. What would you do as a coach when Mike injured his uh, foot in the second year? Would you kind of do what the Bulls did and put a hard cap on him, like seven minutes per half, no matter what, no matter where we are in the game, no, even if there's three seconds left with, you know, last shot wins it, do you do that and just take care of him? Or is it worth it to try to – like, is it really worth it to try and miss the playoffs and get a better lottery pick? Or would you more be a win-or-nothing um, coach like jordan was um the type of player who was who wanted to get into playoffs no matter what no matter what you know eighth seed doesn't matter and um in risk getting injured
2: yeah it's but that's like the whole that's the age-old question of like do you tank or not um which at that point if you're the eighth or you're battling for the eighth seed like are you really going to get a high lottery pick like are you going to get someone that's going to be a game changer like you're Mm -hmm. probably not um but then you got to look at it from the guy's name, I guess Stan Allback at the time, was like, my boss is telling me to do this. I want a job. I need to keep my job. So they make make or break if I have a job. But then, I guess ultimately my answer would be, what do I want my best player? Like, I would go to my best player and say, what do you, like how, you need to get buy-in from them because then, and Jordan did have that sway on that team. Jordan is going to like, He's gonna like save your career, if if you kind of show loyalty to him and his the way that yeah. he wants to play. So, I I think I would I would go along with Jordan. Would I risk getting fired? That's a risk I'm willing to take because I don't think they thought Stan Allback was gonna be the guy going forward anyway. So yeah, he he should probably just be like I'm gonna you know hook my wagon to this player and I'm gonna make sure that we can be as good as we can and you know if they fire me they fire me.
0: Yeah, I I mean I agree with you, but then on the other side, right? Like if you're Stan outback you're probably gonna get fired next season. And which he does, maybe you're doing everything you can to you know appease the GM, appease the pre like the CEO and stuff like that, and just do anything to- possible to make sure that they see you as a guy that's gonna listen to them. They'll keep you on because end of the day, it's not the players that are gonna sign your checks; it's the GM. So he was in quite possibly one of the worst situations ever because obviously Jordan wants to play. You know, Kraus didn't want him playing, so yeah. It's either yeah, I
2: understand his position, but yeah. it's I mean, if push came to shove, yeah, yeah,
3: you, yeah. it's it's either piss off to go
2: with the the, the guy who's going to end up being the best player in the world, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it
3: was, it was either you piss off the best player in your team or piss off the GM, your boss, and you know it's it's tough. Plus, plus, I think the doctor said if he re-injured, that could be like a career-ending injury. Yeah, so that's also a thing that you got
0: to be careful of, um, no matter who
3: you are. So,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, all right, all right. Brady. You asked like the the question about coaching, Mr. Bailey. This is a direct question, right for you? Okay. What would your game plan be if you're going up against Michael Jordan? Oh, yeah, what are I you, love, what are I you love doing? This
2: um, I think uh, you see it. You see it in the uh, in the Suns when they played the Suns in '93, and uh, it's Paul Westphal is the coach of the Suns. And he's yelling at him in a timeout, like we're not letting him beat us. We're not letting him score. And a hundred percent, that would be, like my strategy would be, and and that's and, and as a scout, like because that's my job with the MAC team is like I do personnel scouts. So you need to take what they're good at, and you need to take that out of their hands. So if he's a scorer, you got to make him a passer. So I think I would have I would have tried to, to double him. So, but the thing is, and you, you see it in history, like teams did try to double them. And that's when like, that's when not John Paxson, because that was a bit of a different like setup, but the Steve Kerr shot 97, hundred yeah. percent, John Stockton comes over to double and now you're leaving two people on the other wing and Jeff Hornacek has to choose. It's either Steve Kerr or it's going to be Tony Kukoc and he goes towards Tony Kukoc. So Steve Kerr hits the shot when he had the double nickel game in Madison Square Gardens, Patrick Ewing, who had been, had his heart broken how many times by Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. goes over and doubles him, and that's when Jordan finds um, Bill Weddington out of all people underneath yeah. the ring for that game winner. Like, you have to live with that, though, if you're going, it, you have to live with that. If that's your game plan, just make someone else beat us. The problem was, and if you... One of my favorite Jordan games is it's Game Four of the '93 Finals when they were playing the Suns, and he had 55. And you can, if you watch it, you see um, Danny Ainge. So I think Kevin Johnson's guarding him, and then Danny Ainge runs to his right, and so that's what they're doing. They're going to make someone else beat him. We're going to double Jordan. We're going to make him give up the ball. But then the problem is Jordan is so crafty, and he slices it up and. He just gets by both of them and then he's got another defender and he can shoot over them. Like that was the problem. He he could just slice up defenses. He was so shifty. Um, it's 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 so hard. Like you make him do something that he's not wanting to do, so if he's not a good passer, make him a passer. The other kind of like if I was gonna be like real nerdy X's and X to the No, I feel like you see a lot of times that he likes to go spin on the baseline. I would bring the double from the baseline, so he has to come back into the middle. But I, I still think, like, ultimately, the end of the day, make him a passer. Make him have, like... If you make him have 12 assists and someone else is a leading scorer, you got to live with that.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing that makes him so dangerous. Is like, him just being on the court makes everybody else that much of a better player. Um, I think, for me, I thought about this question for a while. Like, well, like before even Brady had even written it down, I was like, how do you stop this guy? And I was I just pray. Like, that was pretty much it at that point. Like, he... You you see so many times where people play perfect defense, hand in the face, you know, rising up to like get their hand up like right while he's going, and he's still just right over their fingertips, right in the basket. And man, I would just like night in night out, imagine having to guard that guy. That's like especially in the finals when yeah. you're playing him back to back to back at like games. Uh, you mentioned the Suns. Actually, one thing I wanted to mention myself was um, Charles Barkley. I had. Oh, like you know about him now, he's on T- like NBA on TNT. He's you know he covered the the golf game with uh, Phil Brady and Tiger and uh, Peyton. Uh, I I always thought he was hilarious. I didn't really like him that much because because I was always like you know I'm always on team Shaq, and Shaq and him have like their fake beef or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how good of a player he was. Like I knew he he's Hall of Fame, right? Like I knew he was like I knew he was like considered to be a very good player, but he was dominant in that series that they showcased him. And like I never realized he was he was actually amazing. Yeah. It was just, just something I want to mention. And he was, well, he was the
2: MVP that year, mm-hmm. right? And then that's also him coming off where people all said, like, he was, he he performed the best for the Dream Team. Like, he he's not as good as Jordan, but he, during that, the Olympics in 92, he was the yeah. best performer on that team throughout the whole tournament. Yeah. So, and I do, yeah, like, people see him now and he's just a commentator and he's funny and he's, he's, he's very quick, but yeah. it is more his... He was, he was the round man of rebound. He was kind of overweight, but he just, he busted his butt. He wasn't a pretty basketball player by any means, but he was, uh, yeah, he was skilled for sure. Like that yeah. was his best season. The 93 season by far was his best season.
0: Yeah. I think one thing I also want to mention is his golf swing is just absolutely horrendous. I don't know if you guys have seen the videos, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. so bad. I think, I think I could, I think I could just straight up like no handicaps, no, no extra shots given. I could beat him in a round. I think I could. Does he
2: have like like hiccups or something like when he's yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah he
4: like pauses and then just like follows through. It's so <laughs> weird. It is so strange. In general, uh, he's just like he's a big clunky guy. Like he is yeah. not he is not agile whatsoever.
0: Uh, Mr. Barkley, if you're listening, we we respect your game on the court, but I'll 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 play you. Yeah. I'll Mr. play in a row. But gotta 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 show some respect. A little bit of respect at least. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then moving on, I guess we got, what, season three? Um, you know, yeah, as you mentioned. Yeah. I was going uh, to stand out Stan back, gets fired. Yeah. Uh, Doug Collins comes in, and uh, Brady, you want to take it away from there? Yeah, I mean, they
3: they got eighth again, um, 40 and 42, so it was an improvement, almost 500 ball. Um, and they got swept by the, the Celtics, and I think Bailey is a Celtics fan. Yes. So they got, they lost for the second year in the row to them. Um, Jordan averaged 37, five and almost five and the playoffs, he, he averaged close to the same, um, 35.7, 7, and six in those three games. So another stepping stone of a year to kind of set up that, that 87, 88 season where they really took elite. Um, you know, uh, Oakley was traded to the, the Knicks and they drafted Horace Grant and Pippen, who would be uh, big, big pieces of the team. And, um, they finally got past that third round. I mean, first round with um, to the Cabs in in five, and then um, that's kind of when they started the Detroit Pistons rivalry there. So, you want to talk a little about that, Bailey?
2: Yeah, um, I liked uh, I like when they talked about Phil. Uh, I'm gonna say Phil Collins, Doug Collins um, <laughs> when, he, when he was coaching. Like, I think because what's interesting is Doug Collins was his coach on the Wizards when he came back. When he, after he retired and he came back again with the Wizards. So I, I know he had a really good relationship with Doug Collins, but I had heard stories like Doug Collins, after he got fired, like wouldn't go to the city of Chicago. Like he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. Cause I think he knew what he had and it just didn't work out for him. And, and you could even see it in that interview that he had, like that man is defeated right now because he's on, he was before the history took over. Um. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I do feel bad for – I felt bad for him. Um, but look at those numbers. Like Jordan, 37 over the season. And and then the next year he's got 35. And then defensive player of the year and MVP. Like this yeah. is when he, to me, is probably like he's his most athletic, but he's not winning. You know, and I think that was – that's the key in the whole thing is it doesn't matter how good you are and all these numbers and stuff. Like at the end of the day, he's going to trade all those numbers – for, for rings, you know, in a couple of years. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I think that's a, that's a great point. Like you bring up like his, his scoring numbers, they all go down when you look at the, when you look at the championship seasons, like he's not, obviously not by much, but like uh, he goes from th- like 37, like you said, to 30, 20, or hold on one sec, 31, 30, 30, uh, or 32, sorry. And then 30, 29 and 28. So his numbers go down, but his rings rings go up. So Hey, like it's, I mean, whatever works.
2: Yeah, you gotta like you gotta trade and and that's when like is Phil no, Phil Jackson not there yet, but like those and, and you could throw in there's probably a dunk contest in there as well. Like the guy was just yeah everywhere. Yeah, he was just taking yeah. over the league.
0: Yeah, that's uh MVP defensive player of the year. Like imagine imagine like putting up thirty five points a game and still winning defensive player of the year like that's dominance that is yeah. like a full i don't know how long a basketball court is but i'll call it 200 foot that's a full 200 foot player so yeah, 90 feet. yeah. I
1: 90 gonna, feet.
0: not 200 but she's just yeah. so far off. off running <laughs> well What's like 200 feet is that the rink i don't i have no idea 200 foot player i think so yeah i think a ranks 200 feet but um there. a
3: lot of people forget like how good of a defensive player Jordan was, and he led the league in steals a couple or a few times um, in that season where they were talking about right now in 87, uh, he led the league with 3.2 steals. So that's a lot. That's a lot of steals. That's a lot. But people, but he scores so much that you kind of forget he was playing both ways so well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, And then like, like, I think one thing I also want to mention, like looking at the scoring is it just seems like every single time in the playoffs like his numbers go up in the playoffs like if you want to talk about clutch like this guy is he going from averaging 35 in the season to 36 in the playoffs and then next season 32 to 35 it's it's just dominance from this guy like and like i said you know last time i was trying to argue for lebron it's 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 hard for me to do that now after like actually seeing how good he was like you know like obviously like you barely grew up in the era like you caught the you caught the the dynasty of it but like i missed all of that like their their last championship was 97 and 98 so that would have been before i was born yeah, was yeah. not sorry not to make you feel old but like it would have <laughs> like he re- we were yeah, he, 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 he retired before like well i mean he retired for the second time before i was born um mm-hmm. so like when so i saw him play once i love telling this story i saw him play once in person but he was on the wizards and he was still great like like i didn't understand basketball but like my dad was just kind of blown away at the game. Like he was like, wow, that guy's good. And that's the only thing I remember from that game was just like, yeah, my dad saying like that guy was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's
1: but,
0: cool. but yeah, going, going down to the, um, yeah. you know, not a big deal. I saw a freak Oh no, there goes my streak. I haven't said not a big deal. Like since in like the last like 20 episodes, <laughs> you, you owe us a drink. Damn. Yeah, I do actually. All right. Beers <laughs> on me. I got to get Ryan one as well. Um, Pretty what's next? What's the uh, what season are we on here? Uh eighty seven, eighty-eight. So they lost to uh, Pistons
3: four one. And then um the next year 88-89, they went on to face the Pistons again in the third round. Um again getting better in rec no they didn't, but they went they had a bit <laughs> of a down year, but you know, still, you know, sixth place. Um this is when oh, okay, Collins is fa- fired the year after this season. This is Collins' yeah. last um his last season, and um, you know, just They made again, took another step further, getting past the first two rounds of the playoffs. But you know, meet those Pistons, the bad boys, and you know, just haven't solved them. They were playing real physical defense. Um, Do you think that was a good, um, a good choice to kind of just, you know, we can't stop Jordan defensively, so let's just beat the shit out of him? Do you think that was well? It worked. I don't even. It's not even like an opinion. Like, do you think it worked? It it did work.
2: So yeah, one of the last options there, probably. Yeah, it's it's it is interesting. Like they talked about the specific, like the Jordan rules of like. You're yeah. forcing him left if he's at the top, and mm-hmm. you gotta like go to him if he's going left, and if he gets to the rim, you gotta hit him hard mm-hmm. before he even takes off. I hundred percent, and I think I think that was one of the questions they had in the on the dock before was uh, you know, was that something you would do? I I don't have that nature to like take just
0: sweep the guy
2: out. I don't think I could say that to to someone. I know coaches that could say that yeah i don't think i could say that but 100 percent, it worked and what you see is just the mind game of it all and it it, it affected everybody and it got to jordan yeah. but more than just jordan it got to like scotty pippen they would just hammer the shit out of him Yeah. And like i mean even and you saw it in michael Jordan's face when they talked about in 1990 the game seven and oh scotty pippen's got a, a migraine and he was yeah. like, nah. You could tell that he wasn't, he wasn't happy with with him at that point because he thought he wasn't, he wasn't being truthful. Like he, he could have played through it. Um. So yeah, it, great strategy. They were tough as nails. They were assholes, but they won. And yeah, like like, but to, it's hurt their careers since. Like Isaiah Thomas, we know what happened with him in the Dream Team. Mm -hmm. Bill Lambier. People think that he's a good enough coach to be in the NBA, but he's been, you know, people, you know, he's been slighted. People think to maybe to to coach in the WNBA, and that's not an offense. That's just he's not going where he wants to go, which is probably coach the NBA. Um, So it's definitely hurt their careers afterwards. But they have two championship rings, so it worked. Yeah, it is. I think.
4: Uh, ahead, it is ahead. kind of crazy to, like, really put into perspective, although they really beat the shit out of Jordan in that game, they really screwed the rest of the league for Jordan's entire time playing because from there on out, like, that's when Jordan basically said, okay, I need to bulk up. I need to be the one beating the shit out of everyone else. Yeah, so sure gym. enough, what does he do? He hits the gym over, like, the off season and then beats the shit out of everyone else for the rest of his career. So yeah, it's like... He-
0: it's, it's really like a, like a movie arc almost like it's, it, it was made to be a documentary. Like, you know, you get, you get beaten up, you, you know, you're, you're the underdog. Then all of a sudden you come out and you win. Like it's, 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 it's a straight movie script, but like, it's, you know, what happened in real life.
4: It's funny that we used the term sweep the leg a little bit earlier in this conversation, because now we're kind of rotating back to that karate kid movie. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I yeah, I had to, had to throw that in there. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Brady, like you said, Collins gets fired there. And then, you know, you bring in Phil Jackson for 80, 89 to 90. Well, yeah, that's, that's really when it starts.
3: And I, they, they get their most wins as Jordan in Jordan's career there, um, to date there in 89, they go 55 and 27 and they place third in the conference and they improve even more in the playoffs, taking the Pistons to seven games now in um, the third round, but again, fall short and, um. But you know, this is obviously the last of their struggles. This is kind of like the the very last straw for the Bulls team to really like, okay, this is enough. Um, and Jordan uh, led the league in steals again and went off in the playoffs with almost thirty-seven points, seven rebounds, seven assists. So, any, uh, any, do you think this was? Do you think this was kind of like Bailey? Do you think this was like just the last straw? Like they had enough. They really tried it, but it's like you can kind of tell. Like okay, it's over for these fools after this.
2: Yeah, I think Aiden <laughs> made a good point. Like he just he bulked up, and he made sure other guys bulked up. And you physically can see a difference of like pre nineteen ninety Jordan to like post nineteen ninety Jordan. Like the guy is yeah. he's got definition in his arms. He's he's so much thicker. And then I think it's the mental stuff. Like how they were able to get they did not want the Pistons to see them rattled. So if they got hit, they'd have to get back up. And none of this whining to the refs. They I think that was their it was a mental game for sure at that point, and yeah. once they had the, you know, one they had home court, so that was big. So you're going against the Pistons, and you win the first two, so you feel really good about yourself. And now, you, you just have to go to their court, make sure they don't see you get rattled, you know. And that was big with Scottie Pippen. I think who's not letting the bad boys get him rattled, and then, and then they just they kicked their ass after that, which was amazing. And the whole walk off thing does bug me like
1: yeah
2: and that and that was a point of documentary where i was i was upset because when when the when the celtics lost to the to the pistons they did shake hands and you see them shaking hands Mm -hmm. and then isaiah thomas like oh no no that was you know they were walking off the court early they're walking off the court because the year before like you're gonna have all these pistons fans on the court so it's not safe for them yeah. So they brought all the starters off. <laughs> you left the scrubs. The scrubs are like, yeah, it's okay <laughs> if they get beat up by Detroit people. It doesn't matter to them. <laughs> you left the, the scrubs on the floor. Bird, McHale, Parrish, Dennis Johnson, Danny, they all got off the floor. Yeah. But like, that's why they left early. Isaiah Thomas saying that, oh, they left early too. That's, and to me, that's horseshit. Like that, that bugged me when Isaiah Thomas was talking like that. Um, They should have the hands and I think that was just that just talked to the character of like Beer and Isaiah Thomas when they didn't shake hands. I thought that was poor.
0: Yeah. I like, I, I didn't know much about Isaiah Thomas, but like, it's, I'm not going to say like this doc completely changed my mind about him, but like, it's just some of the stuff he said, some of the statements he made, it's like, okay. Yeah. Like, I really don't like you. Like the stuff about the dream team, him being like, yeah, like, you know, I should have been there for sure. Kind of thing. Like, who, who got picked over him? It was it was Magic Johnson, right? Was the starter. John but then, Stockton?
2: Maybe? I,
0: think, I think it was Stockton as well. But, like, those two guys are unreal. Like, Magic Johnson's a top 10 player of all time. Stockton is
2: –
0: you could throw him top 10, but he's close. Like, Isaiah Thomas is not not in that conversation, in my opinion. I don't know.
2: I think you could. Like, I, I think Jordan's probably right. Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, like, both great point guards. Like, Isaiah Thomas was a competitor, totally skilled. Yep. But he's better than Christian Leitner, that's for sure. Yes, yeah. That's the one that I don't mind if he says he should have been on it over Christian Leitner. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but if they had – I don't know if they had to have a college player or not, but if they – this is a little bit of a tangent. But if they put Shaq on that team as opposed to Christian Leitner, you're 12 for 12 in, in, in Hall of Famers. Like, yeah. That, that still bugs me that they should have put Shaq on – I think that's a bigger issue is put Shaq on that team over Christian Leitner and you're good, like you're solid. Yep. Um, but going back to, to Jordan, listen, if if you are so dominant and the NBA and USA Basketball wants you that bad and he has that sway, that's fine. Like if And if he thought that it was going to be better for team culture because Bird didn't want him, Magic Johnson didn't want him, that's fine. Like, I, I have no problem with that. I'm yeah. – if You blackballed him, like, that's what happens. I don't yeah,
1: know. Yeah, for I, sure. That's my opinion.
0: I'm looking at the Dream Team's roster right here, and it's just, like, it's just insane how good this roster is. But if you're talking about, like – because Isaiah Thomas was a point guard and played some – I think he played some shooting guard minutes as well. But um, you got Magic Johnson. You got John Stockton. You have Clyde Drexler and Michael Jordan. Um, I would put Isaiah Thomas over Clyde Drexler. But, again, it's it's one of those things where, you know, chemistry also has to come into it. If these guys are going to beat the shit out of, you know, uh, Isaiah Thomas in the locker room, like, how can you have that on the team? So you can make the case from, like, wanting to be there, and, like, I understand it. And, like, he definitely – like, he's definitely not the worst part of this roster. Um, but, like, I don't know. I think, uh, I, I think he was just kind of being a little whiny little bitch about it. So, you know, excuse my French, but yeah. – uh,
3: you got to remember that, like, the, the team's going to be the best team of all time, no matter what. It's like yeah. the the coaches and the, the people putting the team together. It's like, you know, if we if we include Thomas or if we don't include Thomas, it's not like we're going to lose. So I think they kind of had a ton of flexibility with making that team. And, you know, I could have played on that team instead of whoever made it Stockton. And that could have been me and they still
0: would have won by 30 every game. so Brady Brady just uh, said he's better than John Stockton. I just want that on the record. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put that on the record. <laughs>
1: yeah. My
0: well,
2: favorite I mean, thing about that team is if you, and this this was one of the points I was going to bring up in, in January when I saw you guys last about the whole Jordan thing, is Jordan beat all those guys on that team in at least one playoff round except for David Robinson. Like he wow. beat all of them in the playoffs. He eliminated them, stopped their run, yeah. all of them except yeah. for David Robinson. Like, that's that's a crazy kind of stat. Other than Scottie Pippen, because he's on his team, yeah. Jordan. But, like, even Larry Bird. He beat Larry Bird in the playoffs when he was a coach. Yep. Patrick Ewing, tons of times he, he stopped his playoff runs. Yep. I just yep. thought that, that's one thing to show you. If, if that's the greatest team of all time, all those guys, a lot of those guys don't have rings because of Jordan.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's – uh. Best of the best. That's what that says to me. If you if you're beating everybody that's like on on the best team of all time, you're the best player. So sure. And I I just wanted to go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Finish your little. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brady. I was gonna one last thing about the dream team was just how it truly globalized the sport of basketball and kind of just revolutionized the sport and the role that you know um, Jordan played on that. It's just it's incredible that he, he, you know, he took that, you know, it's an American sport and, you know, people watch overseas and stuff. But once that dream team happened, it was like, people know who Jordan is and of course the other players, but I think Jordan, you know, when they went to Paris that one time, he's got swarmed like the Beatles. It's, it's insane though, how, you know, the dream team really took, took the world stage there.
2: Yeah. It was, it made it a global game. Whereas before people, like there was a pro league in Europe, but it wasn't what it was after. Um, it's, it's kind of like the Carter effect in Toronto, like the dream team effect, especially in like the Asian markets, like that, that made it a global game. And, and that's, I think why the NBA probably pushed so hard. It was more of a business thing is because they wanted to be able to crack the European market and the Asian market and no better place to do it than the Olympics. And the game's totally changed since then.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think like you know speaking of speaking of Europe like that's where they bring in and the dream team Tony Kukoc you see him him make his first appearance in Michael Jordan's life like in in like during the dream team and they he was drafted to the Bulls at that point right the before be, like before the tournament started and yeah. uh the Bulls were like yeah we're going to we're going to give it to you here they just have some let him have him. it <laughs> yeah, yeah. It Pippen, Pippen and Jordan were just letting him have it then he comes back in the semifinals or finals I think it was for was he Serbian or Croatia
3: Croatia Croatia.
0: and he gave him buckets like he 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 went right back at him and I I was like Kukoc for me has one of those storylines where it's just like you kind of can't hate him like nobody he's nobody he's nobody's favorite player in in North America at least but like you just he's just one of those guys that you just don't hate because he you know he took it he got his beating and then came back and gave it to him so it's just kind of like a it's a it's a small win for for a Kukoc
2: I just he's a poor kid who's like, he gets drafted, doesn't yeah. know any better. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like the greatest two defenders in the world are like, he's mine and just yep. eating them up. And he's, he's like, what? I didn't do anything. Like, it's just because <laughs> Jerry Krause likes me that's the, yeah. the only reason they went as hard like he
0: wants to go in and get like a hug from mj and pippen and they're just like no nope, <laughs> you're 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 out of here you're done yeah, yeah you
4: legitimately can't feel worse for the poor guy like so happy yeah. imagine being so happy you get drafted into the nba and then just getting absolutely slapped just teed like up by your yeah, teammates that's, oh my gosh yeah he's probably thinking like
2: oh this is great i get to kind of like get to know my teammates a little bit and they're like fuck yeah you. you're jerry's boy <laughs> yeah Not it's
0: he, you, like he's like okay i can get out here and prove myself to them show them that like you know what i can do and they're like no we're gonna make sure you don't even touch the ball once and oh that, you feel well, for the guy right the, there but the
4: best i think the best part about that like entire story was when the camera went on scotty and he was like I didn't even know why we were doing it. I felt so bad for the guy. (laughs) (laughs) He was just like, I was just doing it because Jordan told me to. Like, I thought might as well, right? Like,
1: yeah. And I you can't help but
4: laugh because like, that is just so funny. It really shows the dynamic of that team and how much of an influence like Jordan had. But like it was just so funny hearing it from Scotty, especially like having such a monotone, like level yeah, voice. It's like, such a deep yeah. I don't know why he's doing <laughs> oh, it right right. MJ was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I think that leads into like one of my favorite bits from the entire the entirety of Last Dance. And Aiden and Brady, you already know what I'm gonna say here. It's just you know, Michael walks into the arena. The guy says, "Like, hey," instead of "hi," and he's like, "All right, well, that's it. That's the moment I knew I was going to drop ninety-seven on the yeah. on the on the team we're playing because the guy didn't yeah. the guy didn't acknowledge me, right?" Yeah, it's one of the best bits. Yeah. one of the best bits. The like, experience. "I that
3: that's when I took it personally. That's
0: when it became yeah. personal to me." Yeah, that's so was that during the Olympics or was that it was just it was just all throughout. So... the um... – I think all throughout the the series.
4: Well, there was that one particular and I like this is so like I am not a basketball guy whatsoever. So you guys are gonna have to like help me out when I tell this. There was that one guy, he was either a rookie or just a really young player that didn't quite pan out, but he had that one game where he absolutely like he dropped like forty. LeBron-Bradford-Smith. Yeah. yeah. LeBron-Bradford-Smith. Cool yeah. And then Michael Jordan had to put himself in the mindset by making <laughs> up a story that he came up to say good game to him after the game. Like, how how are you... That, like, absolutely destroyed him the next game. But, like, how are you going to do that <laughs> to that poor guy? That guy had the best night of his life. <laughs> like, not even the best night of his NBA career, probably the best night of his entire life. So you have to make up a story about him doing something nice to absolutely go out and destroy <laughs> him next game. So
0: he went, he went 30, 37 points, 15 from 20 from the field, 7 for seven from the foul line. And Jordan goes, yeah, he came up to me and goes, nice game, Mike. And then it turns out <laughs> nice game. Mike was never actually said, but Jordan dropped 36 in the first half oh of the next gosh. game as
2: retribution. <laughs> <laughs> like imagine like that. Think about like Bradford Smith being like, whatever like a 45 year old guy being like oh yeah let's watch this michael jordan documentary and halfway through he's like what <laughs> oh, i don't know anything about this And he's like, a little, little patsy that like gets thrown under the bus because he apparently said nice game yeah like, he was probably just as surprised as anybody yeah. Like,
0: can you imagine, yeah. like, if he, if he, like, even actually did say it, and he was just, like, you know, like, I'm sure Mike still had, like, 25 or something in that game. He, like, goes up and be like, hey, man, nice game. And then just, like, all of a sudden you just see, like, it, like he walks away, it's a movie, and, like, his eyes, eyes like, turn red. His, <laughs> <it's, it's>, like, <laughs> like,
4: veins start just pulsating. It's one of those things where, like, if, and I know there's a lot of guys that, like, played against Tom Brady that had the same mindset. If you're on the same field as these guys, like, how are you not going to go talk to them? Like, unless mm-hmm. you've already talked to them and, like, Already seen them and stuff outside of it, and you're not like super close with them or whatever, so you have no incentive to go say hi. If you're a rookie in the NFL, like if you're Baker Mayfield and you're playing across, sorry, I I used Baker Mayfield. I know he's just a younger guy, but like let's say like this season, if you're, uh... oh my goodness, uh... how my Justin Herbert, and you see Tom Brady playing across the field from you, are you not gonna go say hi to him? Like
3: yeah, on on a much smaller scale, um, as a swimmer, I would. I... I you know at the big swim meets i'd be swimming or i'd be warming up in the same lane as kylie mass and you know she won bronze at the last olympics probably can as best female swimmer other than penny um and you know like you just i had to go say hi how's it going congratulations on everything good luck this weekend <laughs> you just have to do it because like they're the best at their sport you know third best in the world and you know nine times out of ten and she was she was fantastic, um, most humble person ever. Um, I have a huge crush on her. It's so Kyle, kind of if you listen, if you, <laughs> if you, shout if out to your girlfriend. Your listen, <laughs> that's my girlfriend. Uh,
4: she was super so, uh, nice and humble yeah. until her after interview when they <laughs> asked her how she ended up destroying all five swimmers in the other lane. She tells the story about how some idiot with a beard said <laughs> super nice to meet you before the swim meet, so that she took offense to that and had to destroy everyone there.
3: It, see, it, it, I should be contri- I should be um, attributed to his, her success. Exactly. Yeah, maybe
0: maybe it'll be in the last swim documentary. Yeah, right
3: <laughs> you know all the motivation that you get. Yeah, so like, yeah, I mean, I think the whole the whole joke about, about the Michael thing is just anything kind of he took personally or transformed his mindset to really take it that extra mile, and it worked.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to knock him for it. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I mean, I like we've all we've all competed and stuff like that, and like I think we've all like on the car rides up kind of like envision those scenarios of like for me like like when i played hockey it was like oh like last second like i you know make get a steal steal the puck from somebody and score a breakaway like i had those like i was like thinking about doing all that going into the game so i can get myself in the right mindset but never never once did i ever make up a story but you know i guess that's why i'm not in the nba winning six <laughs> rings so well that and that's, the fact i'm four feet tall but that's you know, a we'll, 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 we'll say it's the motivation
4: but
1: like yeah
0: for sure
4: is that like borderline sociopathic like can we like can we put it in that category like where where do we draw the line between motivational and like sociopathic because i think that would be pretty there (laughs) yeah (laughs) that That is the line that's that's it to go out of your way to destroy some poor kid that had a good (laughs) night like that's uh it's It's it takes a special kind of evil to do that
0: jordan just like going after coach and le bradford smith just just yeah. just because just nobody's just nobody's safe he he woke up that morning you know poured like poured his bowl of cereal like he went poured the cereal and ran out of milk and he's like it's over for these guys like <laughs> like patrick ewing sorry bud you're never winning a championship the oh, next whole franchise you're done that's it it's over for you guys yeah that's might have done might have done the same thing to the hornets as a gm but we won't get into that we'll stick to the last <laughs> dance it's true <laughs> <Even> bad yeah <laughs> it hasn't that's, made that's, too many good graphics. that's part three <laughs> 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 um, Part three we can talk about Jordan's downfalls as a GM yeah. but I think I think finally about an hour into this uh, episode we're into the 90, 90 season so first first ring we get 61 and 21 as a record uh you know first in the conference you're starting five now it's Cartwright, Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan, Jim pa- Jim Paxson or John Pax? It's Jim Paxson. John, John Paxson good me um and, you know, so we talk about we talk about uh, Patrick Ewing swept him in the first round, beats the 76ers team, uh, then goes up against the Bad Boy Pistons, who's eliminated them the past three years. And did they win three championships that year, or those, those th- previous no, three? They no, won
2: two. They got to the finals yeah. three times.
0: Yeah, so three finals appearances, two championships. Uh, and then they sweep them like you go from losing in seven, the previous year, getting swept the two years before that to sweeping them. Mm-hmm. Um, like I couldn't, I can't imagine how good that must feel. Like realistically, like they focused on, like, I think it was uh that would have been magic versus uh, uh, Jordan in the finals for the first one. But I think that Pistons series is almost bigger. That shows like it's, you know, the bulls are here. We've arrived. We've beaten the best at that point. The, the pistons were the best team in the league. And, to, you know, to go up against like the, the physicality of them, it's yeah. uh, it, that was for me, that was like, all right, it's it's obviously the start of their dynasty, but like the Bulls are here, the Bulls are the team now.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, even yeah. when you look at the like the Lakers, like that Lakers team, it was not the Showtime Lakers. Like, Kareem was gone, yeah. Magic was getting old, James Worthy yeah. was getting old, yeah, like Sam Perkins was like one of their best players, Vladdy Divox was on that team, like it was not. When you think of the Lakers of the '80s, that team was not what what Jordan saw. Like, granted, yeah. they they still won their that first game, but um, I mean they they just annihilated them after that. I don't think there was a close game after the first game.
0: Yeah, um,
2: and then you're right. Like, I think I think the Pistons series was was definitely the the bigger of the of the achievements.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that was uh, like so. You know, we're all right in 90, 91, 92. Obviously they won another championship here. Jordan goes back to back MVPs and final MVPs in the series. Starting five, pretty much say the same thing, or it actually did say the same thing. You know, you got Horace grant running around with his, uh, his goggles on, which is of the series for <laughs> the me. Speed goggles. Um, this time it's, you know, they beat the, they beat the heat. They take out Patrick Ewing in the Knicks and then they go, uh, take out the calves in in round three. And then it's trailblazers. That would have been what Clyde Drexler at that point. Yeah. Um, they they win in six. Uh, like I said, Jordan another MVP Finals MVP, just pure dominance again from the guy. Yeah. I don't know. So so this is this is when Mr. Bailey starts to recollect, like he can actually remember these, right? So you're I, seeing these now.
2: Yeah, I actually, I do remember the day. Again, dating myself, no internet. The game was this is the '91 Finals. The, uh, yeah. the game was on the West Coast, so I I couldn't stay up to watch it. My mom wouldn't let me stay up to watch it. So the only reason I, and then the newspapers couldn't have because it was too late. So the only reason I knew that they won the next day is, uh, I remember running into my friend, uh, Scott Whitmore, and he had a Jordan jersey on, and he just did this. Now, I I knew right away that they had won. Um, But then 91, 92 is when I really started watching them. Um, The the 92, I think, and I know this sounds stupid because Jordan thinks that, their hardest series was against the Pacers. I still feel that the Knicks gave them the worst run. And in 92, the Knicks totally caught them off guard because that was like Pat Riley's first year. And they were kind of like, yeah, let's be the let's be the bad boys 2.0. And they hammered the crap out of them. They had Charles Oakley who used to play with them. And, and you know, the next year they had Anthony Mason, Charles Smith, Patrick Ewing, John Starks. Like they had a, a Xavier McDaniel, who's their tough guy. Um, that was a really good team. That was a great series. Um, was that seven game series against the Knicks? Um, and then the Cavs were a good team, but they like they were just a team that will like will always be in the shadow of this of the of the Bulls. But the the one it, like there are a few games I think that all basketball players should watch. It's Game One of the '92 Finals because that's when Jordan goes off and he does the. Yeah, yeah, i, mean, the shrug. Doing
3: it. I yeah. love that that's my that's actually my quidditch goal scoring celebration <laughs> i did that i didn't even plan it it just happened i was You're, like Whoa, was that? you are such a weird guy watching a lot of watching <laughs> a lot of so jordan weird. i'm inspired by
0: jordan brady watches the harry potter film before games just to like you know see see what to do <laughs> no i watched 92 game one <laughs> <laughs> just to get the shrug down perfectly get The shrug done perfectly
1: yeah, yeah. or is your yeah. that
3: or the um jordan's bodyguard he, who he, when he wins he does the jordan the jordan Yeah. I, uh, yep. I have it right here. One second. This
2: one? Wait. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, he, he does it uh, the best.
0: That guy just looks hilarious, but then we go on to the uh the third championship 92-93. Um yeah, starting five is just a little bit different now. No John Paxson. It's uh who's that? Armstrong. Yeah, sorry. Paxson's
1: still on the
2: team, but he just doesn't mm. start.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so then it, this is the series that we were talking about earlier with the uh, with the Suns. So Jordan wins another Finals MVP classic. Like I mean, at this point, thirty six or thirty five, seven and six in the playoffs, um, and yeah, Charles Barkley, you know, was dangerous, deadly, but just nothing, not enough for uh, you know to handle the Bulls.
2: That was that year, like going back to the, the Knicks because the Knicks went up two zero, and yeah. I still remember after they lost the first game, I remember as soon as the game was over, I went and I went outside and I remember shooting like right way to a hoop in my driveway. I was like, it's over. Like they're not going to come back from this. This is like, they don't have home court. It looked bad. That was, and that's what I'm saying is like, no team had ever put Jordan down two games to none. Never in, 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 in sorry, from their winning the championships. Yeah. yeah. In those, yeah. in those years, no one went up to 0 on him. And that was the only team to have done it, and that's why I think, like, I do think the '93 Knicks—they kind of deserve a little bit of a—you know—I thought that was a hard series, but yeah, the Suns, the Suns, like, that's probably his best series. Like, he averaged 41 in the finals, mm-hmm. and he was just—he was awesome. He was—that yeah. that was a great series
0: mr bailey's like out in his driveway shooting shooting hoops just hoping like any car that drives by is like the bull scout he's like oh they're down two 0 and then all of a sudden it's like you know that's where like the movie transitions and it's bailey like in the in the full yeah. the full bulls uniform hitting the same shot that's what he was hoping for and
3: they need a lethal shooter off they, the bench. They,
0: need, they need a they need the white guy shooter the three-point guy to take the pressure off jordan the steve kerr that's That's john
2: Paxson, steve kerr andrew bailey that's that's what
0: (laughs) the trio just a big three right there
2: (laughs) that's big in the corner i'll shoot that's all you need yeah Yeah, that's
0: perfect i mean hey work for steve kerr but yeah so when you move on to uh, so right after that jordan jordan retires to play baseball um you know realistically shocking not not even just the basketball world like the the world like everyone's you know this guy is how old at this point i think he's
2: he's born in 63. So he's like 31,
0: 30. Yeah. So, well, like, not like, you know, Taylor, tail end of the career. Like it's not, you're on your down downcline if you're any other athlete except for Jordan, but, uh, yeah. go, goes and plays baseball and, um, you know, wasn't superb at baseball. I'll say he was no Bo Jackson, no two sports star, uh, greatest athlete of all time. Yeah. But, um, you know, like he goes, goes and plays baseball and, uh, they still like, I mean, the Bulls still have a good year. Um, he retired at the end of the championship, right? Like after the championship before the 93 it was season.
2: October because and it's interesting because as the as a Jays fan, they're playing the yep. White Sox, and it was announced it, it leaked during game one of the ALCS that he was going to retire. Oh, okay, so it was in October that he, he announced yep. it. Okay,
0: okay. so you know, the Bulls go, you know, they go from winning three straight championships to not, uh, they win one playoff series each of those two years losing the second round once to the Knicks once to the Magic and uh oh well actually sorry the 94-95 season they lose to the Magic but Michael Jordan had come back at that point played the last 17 games of the season you know still put up 27-7-5 after coming from playing baseball where they showed it in the documentary where it's like you're training completely differently like every single sport obviously Mm -hmm. you train differently but I think Baseball is the one – or basketball is, like, one of the ones that's, like, so completely different because you don't need, you know, a ton of upper arm strength like you do in football, hockey, and baseball. Um, so, you know, com- going from a completely different sport to dropping 27-7-5, and 5, another testament to how great of an athlete Jordan truly was. And then putting up 32-7-5 and 5 in the playoffs, like, in 10 games, you know, n- not not terrible numbers. Uh, but then you go into 95-96 – where you know you set the record for the best season of all time in terms of regular season record 72 and 10 it's longley they bring in rodman you got pippen michael jordan ron harper like what a lineup here like you bring in you bring in dennis rodman who um one of the most unique players on the court in nba history never mind the off the court stuff but that's probably the most unique guy on the planet but uh his on the court presence like there's a couple games, like I saw, like some like interesting stat lines on Bleacher Report posted them. He was in like three of them, having zero points and twenty five rebounds and fourteen assists. Like his his presence, like his nickname was what the Worm. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, his was- presence on the court was something different, and you know, like it's uh, it's it's interesting, like you know how how much he brought to the uh, brought to the team and how important he was. Like when Michael Jordan is running around in Vegas on like the like on a game day to try and find the guy. Uh, that year you have Michael winning MVP, Phil Jackson wins coach of the year. Coo coach comes off the bench, six man of the year. Uh, and that's the return of their, their, their next three P that's the start of it in 96. So, um, you're, you're in high school at this point,
2: Mr. Bailey, I was in, I was in grade 11.
0: Yeah. Uh, All right, that's prime. That's, that's, yeah. that's my, Mr. Prime. Bailey's peak. Prime of what? Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a prime age. I don't know. That's a good, good time to it's be alive. 11th <laughs> grade fantastic. So it was a, it was a good age. Um, so yeah yeah no go ahead what were you gonna say Dennis
2: Dennis Rodman was uh he was awesome he and he he kind of because in in 94 that's when Horace Grant after the 94 season that's when Horace Grant left for the magic so they didn't have like a they didn't have like a power forward like Tony Kukoc was their power forward he's not a power forward yeah um so you had this big void to fill and then at the same time, you have this guy who's, you know, at the end of his Pistons time, just kind of went off the rocks, totally went off the rails. So he signs with San Antonio. San Antonio doesn't like him. I think Greg Popovich is actually – he's not the coach, but he's the, um, he's the general manager. They don't get along. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he has antics all over the place. Like, there was a scene of him tripping John Stockton. I remember watching that in the playoffs. He started dying his hair. Like, he was – he would yeah, – yeah. He subbed off, and then he'd go up to the end of the bench, lie down, take his shoes off, and, like, just say, fuck it. Like, he was done. So he was not – it was, like, this massive risk because not only do they have history with Dennis Rodman, but he's, like, a loose cannon. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you see that it was the perfect place to go because even the next year – like, so he wins these three, but he then he, – he signs with the Lakers the next year, right? Eh? Like, after this three-peat. And he yep. only lasts like 12 games or something. Like he, yeah. he needed Phil Jackson to kind of like be like, yeah, it's okay. You go to Vegas, burn off your energy, like go wrestle in the WCW and then come back. Like, <laughs> he was fine with that. So, But Ryman was the most athletic, probably individual. And he, he, uh, he was awesome. And he, he was great because he was unique because he didn't need to shoot. to to do his job and he was a great passer and he could be in the triangle and he was he was perfect in that spot so to fill the void and he could guard Shaq and that was another thing especially in 96 because they just lost to Shaq in the magic in 95 that you have this guy who's he's versatile enough to guard Horace Grant but also he can guard your post and that became a big thing for him too and for the success of the Bulls
0: I think we have about like eight questions for you about Rodman. So I'll start off with the first one here. Um, you know, we talked about like him is off the court stuff, but he had one of the most interesting quotes, like in the entire documentary, when he said uh, he would play for free, but you get paid for all the BS that you have to put up with, like the media and the public pressure is a lot to handle. Um, do you, so do you think that's something that's like not talked about enough in sports? Like everybody loves the game, like all these pro athletes, anybody that really plays the game that like, you know, at a re- relatively competitive level, like we we all love the sports we play, but uh, what are your thoughts on that quote?
2: Yeah, I think it's. I mean, we all we're these talking heads right now that like we could yeah. say, oh yeah, I would play for this, but it's 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 changing your life. It's you're you're not allowed to be yourself. You don't even have to think. Like we can't even imagine the lives that they have to live to be in the public eye all the time, especially now with you know social media and everything that's out there. So. Yeah. To, I, I agree with that statement and I think even more than from a perspective that it was never like that, like in the eighties, people didn't, they wouldn't like run around you and, and, and crowd you all the time. Whereas with the bulls, it was like a traveling road show. There so many reporters, everyone wanted to be there. So I think with, when Rodman saying like, you know, the, the basketball stuff is easy. I told, I, I understand, like, I, I can believe that it's, you know, you want to go on a vacation. If any of us in our jobs want to go on a vacation, it's not a big deal when he wants to go on a vacation. Yes. Is he being paid millions? Yes. But like, it's, it's, it's hard what they're, what they're having to do, like constant scrutiny. Like I remember that in the doc, they were saying one guy was like, Oh, Jordan went to, to gamble. Like his mind's not on winning a three peat. like he's not, screw you. You don't know what it's like. That's it's easy for us on the outside to say, but mm. I, yeah, I would agree with that for sure.
0: Yeah. I think that's something that like a lot of people don't consider is like for us, like if we want to go out, go out for dinner, like, you know, you know, pending COVID, but if we want to, if we want to go out for dinner and just like, you know, go grab a bite to eat with our family, we can just do that. No questions Like we can just go down, sit down, grab a bite and nobody cares. These guys, they go in, like there's people taking pictures of them while they're eating. They're like, you know, you want to just be alone with your family, enjoy a nice night out. You can't do that. So I think that that was a, that was a really interesting quote because you can see like, like through all the antics, through everything, like out, like that Rodman is, you can kind of see that he has like a decent level of intelligence to him. Um, like but Jordan and it's, said like, that would, Jordan said he's one of the yeah. smartest
2: players he ever played with.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting to see, um, you know, like his, I wouldn't say inner self, but like his inner self, just to kind of see like the thought process that, like, you know, a small glimpse as to like what's going on inside, inside that brain of his underneath the uh, the dyed hair with the threes in it and whatever else he did. Yeah. I didn't know those were threes, by the way. I saw tons of pictures of that here. I had no idea it was a three.
2: No, no. And he constantly changed it. And that was, yeah. that's another thing. So in COVID, I have spent, and and reconnecting with, with the Bulls of the 90s, I have I have watched a number of actual games and uh, just the playoff games from like 96, 97, 98. And like there is an overtone of Bob Costas Who's a play-by-play guy? And he just kind of throws, he makes fun of Rodman. Like mm-hmm. he, he makes these like disparaging remarks about his hair. And I mean, Rodman was different for sure, but like people, like people would they'd kind of make fun of him for it. And that, that, I mean, maybe that's also what Rodman's saying too. Is like, that's what I'm, you know, I'm just being me. Mm-hmm. You know, in the 90s, I'm showing up and I'm in a wedding dress, you know. And, and this was totally taboo back then.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and to see a professional athlete do it now would be strange too. But in the nineties, that was crazy. And, and so I do think he was, he was made fun of for that, which is awful. I actually, I do remember Jim Gray, who was a reporter for NBC. It was like, it was game six, of the 97 finals. And they were interviewing him before the game and Jim Gray's a dick. And he was asking him questions about his daughter and he was getting him to cry. And I was like, like the guy's got to concentrate on basketball right now. And you're asking him about his daughter who he's like estranged with.
1: Like, yeah. That yeah. that
2: stuff was that. I remember getting really frustrated with that. Dennis Rodman was a great basketball player. The way he described how the ball bounces off the rim. I found that really entertaining. Great basketball player, really smart. And then, yeah, just all the stuff off the court is, is what people remember him for, unfortunately. But He was a great basketball
1: player. -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I think
3: reporters can be, you know, a little in the media, they, they definitely play a deceiving role and it, it sucks seeing, especially the younger people just kind of get taken advantage of, or like, you know, they don't always get like a course. And I know they're taught about, you know, media presence and what to say, how to answer certain questions, but you know, if, you know, these stars are our age, you know, look at, you know, Giannis zion or baseball you know boba Shep, people like that you know they're 20 21 22 sometimes even 19 it's like you can't expect those people to be so mature and responsible to answer questions so correctly so it's it's definitely a tough tough place for these people i don't think we kind of give them enough credit or slack for for putting them in the, that position
0: yeah we're getting to that age like well the three of us are getting to that age of where all <laughs> uh, the uh i've made so many age jokes i kind of feel bad about it but they're pretty funny so i'm gonna keep going fine <laughs> um uh, we're getting to that age where like we're starting to see all these pro athletes that are coming up that are younger than us and for me for me it's still kind of weird to be rooting for and cheering for kids that are you know two years younger than me and i'm just like okay but anyways that's like a whole side thing yeah yeah. uh speaking of that though rodman also has a kid like his his only son is playing for washington state now for for basketball as well he's uh he's pretty highly touted recruit as well so Wow, can see another Dennis Rodman, but he's he's a completely different player. It's like Max Domi, Ty Domi, like he's a offensive-minded <laughs> guy instead of uh you know the defensive guy but uh yeah. like like Dennis was. Well, actually, they're both named Dennis, but um, like his dad, cool. we'll say. <laughs> uh, what what other? We have so many questions. Um, oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah, oh, I think really, really quick I think one I think before think we. Okay. Yeah, really quick one before we get back to the doc uh, or like the you know the season progression, um. Who do you think is, or like, what would be the modern day equivalent of a team going out and signing somebody like a rival, like Dennis Rodman? What do you think would be the closest thing we can get to that?
2: Oh, that's hard. Yeah. Because free agency. And I think I, I, we talked about this last time, like free agency, like people are all over the place all the time. Yeah. that You don't have like a rival that you end up signing with because you've only been there for a couple of years. Like, I mean, Kevin Durant, maybe.
0: That's what I was thinking as well.
2: Like, the whole, um, you know, that's the team that you gave up yeah. a 3-1 lead to, and now you join them. Like, I think yeah. that's probably the the closest I would see in sports. I don't know. But there was Definitely. no one that – like, Dennis Rodman beat the crap out of Scottie Pippen. Like, he yeah. pushed two hands in the back constantly. Yeah, like, yeah. There was no one that did that. Like, there was – I well – uh, Rudy Gobert going anywhere right now,
1: right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <the whole> <laughs> yeah. R- R- he might have shot himself in the foot. It's a good thing he's a fantastic player because he's going to get another chance. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, who do you, who do you think is the closest guy to Dennis Rodman in today's NBA? Like I was thinking, like you mentioned Rudy Gobert, I think it's him. Just like as like a defensive presence, like a guy, another guy like Mitchell Robinson from next now. Like he's a shot blocker, big defensive guy. Um, like Anthony Davis is too offensive, uh, so. Yeah.
4: I mean um, if if you take into account like attitude, I mean Draymond would be Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Draymond's a great like, answer. Draymond
3: would be like defensive a pretty... defensive kind of mm-hmm. yeah, annoying presence. Yeah. Yeah. He's like,
2: like the... he's a jerk to be if you're facing him, yeah. but if he's on your team you love him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Like another guy I was thinking about like, you know, going to completely different position, going to a point guard is Patrick Beverly. You know, the the absolute lockdown defender, he's clamping you up in the black Air Force ones, like he's that guy. So uh, Mark is yeah.
2: smart with the Celtics. I'd say he's kind of like that too. Yeah, yep. that's another good one. But you love him, yeah,
0: yeah, he's like the Brad Marchand, right? You want him on your team, but if you're playing against him, you just can't hate him. You hate he him, hate <laughs> Brad Marchand, but you got to respect yeah, him. He's got he's a like top 10 talent in the NHL, so
3: he is. Yeah, um, and one last thing about Rodman was how would you, you know, you're the coach, you have Dennis Rodman on your team. How would you personally handle coaching Rodman? You know, would you kind of put up with the shenanigans like Jackson did? and because it never really impacted his play. So do you just let Dennis be Dennis, or do you kind of, like, be like, hey, all teammates are equal. I'm not giving one person special treatment just because they're a little wacky, like, and just kind of yeah. create – you don't want to create this you – know, you got Steve Kerr going, like, oh, how come I can't go on a day, a day trip somewhere and miss mandatory
2: practice, you know? So uh, what, would you, what would you do? I, like, the the zen-like me or, or the person that's, like, always in it for the right reasons, I'd be like, yeah, like, we need to – he needs to have a space. But when I coach, no, I do feel like I'm I'm more the other way where it's like, no, you need to be, you need to be here. You need to be with the rest of us. Like mm-hmm. we're all putting in the same effort. Whereas Phil Jackson was completely different. And that's why it worked with with him and, and Dennis. I I couldn't do it. Like I, I wish I could say I could do it and be that easy going, but when you have the the pressures of we have Michael Jordan, you have Scottie Pippen, you should win. Like, that's a ton of pressure to go through and to, to be able to just be relaxed enough and, and see through all that crap and know, like, if I need the best out of this guy, I need him. I It's okay if I let him go for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly, just being honest with myself, I couldn't do it. Like, that's what makes Phil Jackson, well, there's a lot of reasons that make Phil Jackson amazing, like,
1: Mm -hmm. I
4: think, I think there's another like really funny story when it comes to like, we're talking about Dennis Rodman right now, but there was another really funny story in the uh, documentary where they were talking about when Dennis Rodman came back to practice after like uh, missing a practice to go to the WWE and like do whatever Um, he came back and Phil Jackson had them running. So then, of course, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, they're like, okay, we're going to, like, walk. Like, we are going to do – we are going to lineman jog around this gym for the entire thing. And sure enough, they're talking about how Rodman gets up front and this guy's, like, sprinting. Like, and they're like, okay, someone's got to beat this guy because, like, we can't have him get back up. Like, I found that hilarious because it's like you're really going to be that much of a dick to make your teammates hate you when you're not there but hate you more (laughs) when you're there. Yeah. Like – but it's it's hilarious, right? Like it just shows that like he busted his ass every chance he could when he was there, so mm-hmm.
2: yeah, yeah. There was distractions for sure, but <laughs> yeah, he's like a freak athlete, freak athlete. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: So I think we'll, we'll throw it back over to what are we at now? The 90- 96-97 season. Yeah, go ahead, Brady. Uh, they went sixty nine, mm-hmm. nice and thirteen
3: nice. for first in the conference um they won the first round in three versus the bullets one second round and five versus the hawks and uh, won the third round and four to the heat to face the utah jazz in the finals oh, i hate this so, Utah jazz team
4: you know what i actually have a question for you guys was this was the season where they played bj armstrong in the finals or not the finals correct but like the playoffs or was that next year next year okay then I'll, I'll save it for when we get to next year
0: yeah hold your horses aiden yeah um yeah. Uh Uh, the Jazz so Mr. I saw you make the little face I hate the Jazz at this point because they have Karl Malone on the team and I hate that guy I do not like Karl Malone I do not respect anything about that guy he's a great basketball player that's it I do not like Karl Malone Um, his I I don't know I don't like his off the field stuff is or off the court stuff is terrible like he he impregnated a 13 year old child when he was like 21 Um,
4: wait
0: did you guys not know this
4: no Uh, what
0: yeah yeah, so Carl Malone impregnated a 13-year-old when he was in college, and when she had the kid, he just cut all ties with her and didn't acknowledge the kid ever. A third. He had, t- yeah, a 13-year-old. He had two kids with another girl and then another couple kids with another girl, and um, yeah, Mr. Bailey's looking this up right now. I can see the screen. Right <laughs> no, that but that um, fact, is like that is fact, so yeah. unbelievably. Yeah, and like... so he acknowledged all the other kids that he had, except for the kids from this girl at 13 years old. Um, yeah, so it, like I have zero respect for him as a person. Um, yeah, I so uh, like when I was watching this, like I like I had known about this from a while, for a while, and when I was watching the series against the Jazz, I'm like, yeah, I I just want Michael to stomp on this guy for nothing get him out of here you know maybe ruin his career on the way but obviously that's not how it goes carl ended up being
4: i haven't seen it yet no spoilers
0: (laughs) uh yeah no spoilers or something that happened what three years before
4: we were born Um, thanks that's the
0: joke again sorry bailey (laughs) um but yeah so the like that that for me like i was like so like intense and when i was watching this because i was like they keep showing how great Carl Malone was and it just every single time like he you know makes a crazy jump shot, he plays great in the post. So I'm like, Oh, I hate this. Like, I hate this so much. It's just like me watching the Bruins or the Flyers or, uh, or the Buccaneers, or the Saints. Like, it's just like, man, I don't want anything good to happen for you right now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, to, sure. sorry to burst the Carl Malone bubble, but I'm, That's fair. I'm sure you guys would rather be educated than, uh, Yeah. I, know I didn't I'm, know that. He's, uh,
2: Carl uh, Malone, I found it interesting that they didn't, He was never – I don't know if he was never interviewed or they didn't use the interview, but then it was like a couple weeks after the doc was released that there was footage of him answering questions. So I don't know if they didn't put him in a purpose or he refused to be interviewed. I find that he's – I don't know. I think he's a bit of a sore loser in the whole, you know, what what happened. Because then with his career, like John Stockton stayed. He he did his whole career at at the Jazz – he stayed there and then in 2003 Karl Malone is like all right I'm going to join the super team with the Lakers and I'm going to try to win a championship with Sam, Shaq Gary Payton and uh obviously Kobe and then they mm-hmm. lose to the Pistons in five or six so yeah it never won but he just he did seem like a and he choked in that series and they didn't that's something that that they didn't talk about in 97 was um he was at the free throw line right before Jordan hit his shot in game one and he's at the free throw line to like ice the game or at least to go up three. And, uh, and he misses both. And there was a classic line that Scotty Pippen walked by him on the free throw line. was like the mailman doesn't deliver on Sundays.
0: <laughs> oh. oh, that's so good. That's that's unreal. Um, yeah, I love it. But yeah. And then you go into 97, 98, which is the last dance. Like, so, Crazy that this documentary com- documentary comes out in 2020. So 22, 22 years later, one three-word phrase written on the, the team handbook becomes quite possibly the best title for documentary of all time. The Last Dance is just, it is a perfect summation of Phil Jackson's career with the Bulls, the Bulls dynasty up to that point, Michael Jordan's career, like this is it. This is the Last Dance. Like how perfect of a title, but 62 and 20, first in the conference. It's the same starting five as the year before. Um... And, again, it's the same thing. You go up against the Jazz, it's John Stockton, it's Karl Malone all over again. And, you know, sorry, Aiden, you might want to cover your ears, but it's uh, it's a win for the Bulls, obviously, in this one to end the three-peat. Um, so, Mr. Bailey, at this point in your in your life, it's two three-peats. It's back-to-back. Is is this the moment where you're like, okay, this guy's the best of all time, or was it way before that?
2: It was way before that. Yeah. Like, there is uh, – oh, my gosh. I – it was in 92, no, it was in 93. So before he wins his third, and NBC did a, a bit on, is Michael Jordan the greatest player of all time? And instead of asking reporters, they had interviewed like Bob Cousy, Elgin Baylor, Larry Bird, Magic, they, they interviewed the best. Mm. And they were all like, yeah, like yeah. it's different now. And that's before he had won three. And he ends up winning six. <laughs> yeah. So I always, I felt like by that time, yeah, for sure he was the best. Um, so yeah, he, but nah, ninety seven, ninety-eight, my last year of high school, oh, there was, there was no year push for off as well. There was no <laughs> push off.
0: Yeah. So that, that's actually another thing that I was, uh, I was just talking about that with somebody else. I don't remember who it was. Um, but you can, you can clearly see, like, there's no way Michael can just like, you know, as strong as he is, there's no way you can just go and send a guy flying, right? Like, it's just sorry i I feel like everybody else that's listening doesn't get to see the visual but i just kind of like gave like a little flick of my wrist um you don't you don't do that and send a human being flying the guy's running that way yeah so it's not a push off not at all and like but just like what a moment it's like the only thing that could have made that moment like better at all is if like michael was going up for the shot like clutched it back down just stared at the guy a little bit you know gave him like a little dead eye and then just drained it just like you know show that he has that swagger to him like that, you know, that he needs to prove to everybody, of course, because nobody knows that. Um, It's
2: it's not just the shot, but like it's got, because they need to score quick the possession before. So he literally goes the length of the floor and he lays it in. And then he comes back down and he gets the steal, And then he comes back down and everyone just like gets out of the way. They stay in the corners and it's, and he just goes to work. And then I do remember like, because he freezes the fall through. For a little bit longer on that last shot yeah and you do sense like oh this that's it like that's it yeah
0: i think that's that like i, I said i i don't I, again i really wish i remember who i was talking to about this but um it's second best step back i've ever seen in my entire life i i have to give the nod to kemba walker and uh, Walker like, yeah. again <laughs> against pitt like I've i watched that they have like a like it's like a 16 minute video on YouTube like and I don't remember what it was but I've watched it like probably six times of like the the UConn run that year and uh, like that that step back is just like he creates so much distance sends the guy absolutely <laughs> flying just nails the shot into next so, week yeah yeah like he the the buddy's like still sliding while the ball's like through the hoop, yeah rumor so. has it he's still he's still falling <laughs> exactly Brady but yeah so yeah. that's the um that's the documentary so it ends there obviously but there's so much we we can still unpack here like we have uh, one thing i want to mention the steve kerr, uh, steve kerr um one of my favorite coaches of all time like i just love how outspoken he is about his like his political beliefs and you see why like when his you know uh, unfortunately like his dad was essentially assassinated i think is like a correct term in this point um but like also with michael's dad he was run up on and shot Right. And it's, it was interesting that like, they asked him, they asked Steve Kerr, like, have you and Michael ever talked about that? And they, he said, no, they was like, it was just something that they never discussed. So um, I didn't know that about either of them. So that documentary, that was like, some of the documentary really taught me like, not that this whole thing didn't teach me anything. Cause I didn't know much about basketball, but um, yeah, that, that part was, for me was really interesting.
2: It, and it also speaks to like, Jordan wasn't buddy, buddy with anybody. Like yeah. here yeah. he has like a, a, a very emotional and tender, you know, experience that he can share with his teammate and he just never did. And as you say, like, it looks like Steve Kerr is ever just loves Steve Kerr. So why yeah. not have this, this conversation with him and, and, and have this relationship with him, but he didn't want to. And again, going back to like our original talking point was like, he just, that wasn't him. He just wanted it to win. He needed the best out of his teammates. He got that. And then they weren't buddies.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the Steve Kerr shot to, like, win it is just one of the well, – it's it's such a cool moment just because it's, like, it's an underdog. Like, you think of you think of the Bulls, you think of Jordan Pippen in that era. You can even go down to their secondary stuff with, like, Horace Grant J- or John Paxson. Steve – or Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr is not one of those guys. For him to come out and have Michael, like, you know, pass him the ball, and I think, again, leads to one of the funniest quotes of all time is, like, at the championship parade when Steve Kerr gets up there and he goes – you know, Michael doesn't feel comfortable in those situations. <laughs> so they asked me to take that shot. Yeah. It's just, it, Steve Kerr is just such a likable guy. And I, I, it just, there's so much about him that I respect. Um, Even when he
2: tells the story of yeah. like, the timeout out before. And like, yeah. Michael's like kind of talking behind the cup of Gatorade. And he's like mentioning it to him. And yeah. then the way Steve Kerr says it and, and describes is exactly what happened. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll be there. I'll be there. And he was, <laughs> yeah. he wasn't as like, low-key yeah. about it like he was an excited guy about that so yeah I uh, steve curry looks he came off being really he looked really good in the documentary
0: yeah uh, and I like that. i mean he, i like for me there's a lot of people that don't like steve curry because like i said he's very outspoken against the, the president of the united states so there's a lot of people that hate that obviously if you're a trump supporter um but for me like he's just a, he's a guy that like like I, like being being 21 i feel like like i'm i don't have that many idols anymore because like the people that i look up to now like i'm starting to become come to that age where like i need to be not looking up to people but like kind of forging my own path steve Kerr is still one of the people i look up to be as like a human being so uh for the way he was portrayed in the documentary just made that even stronger of like a I, I don't know what the word i'm looking for here is but like i i want to be more like him now like after seeing that documentary yeah he's a great uh, guy unreal Um... so
1: uh
4: i actually i have a question about that last season there so they played there was like there was a pretty decently sized part about this they played bj armstrong in the uh, playoffs there so there was obviously he faced a little bit of backlash for basically what happened in the sense that he knew what the bulls were going to do so he basically came out told everyone else follow my lead like this is what they're going to do this is how we're going to stop it so I kind of want to see what your guys' thoughts on that is. Um, I have some pretty mixed feelings about it, so I'll let you guys go ahead and kind of unpack that. How do you, like yeah. Bailey? How do you feel about it?
2: Like how he used his knowledge of being his teammates?
4: Yeah, like how like he basically he he was on that organization as a Chicago Bull, and then bringing that knowledge over to the other team and using that against the Bulls. Like, how do you feel about him doing that? Because he faced some scrutiny for it, of course and i
2: mean i'm I'm fine with it i think you you're being paid by an organization to win and we're paying you knowing that you're a former athlete of this organization so whatever you have you got to give it to us and Mm -hmm. and he's a competitor and he wants to win and he wants to get paid more too so that organization didn't pay for him um anymore so yeah i'm i'm fine with it he 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 had his moment of glory and then that was it in that series because oh, yeah. he was garbage the rest of the series and like I don't know, it, it, he, he was great for that one moment he knocked that shot down, that was great. Yeah. To yell at the bench, that was like eh, do you know uh, what yeah. you're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: of course. That's uh that was a little bit of an issue. Um but like yeah, you've seen this like multiple times in history where it has hasn't worked out. Like uh the Patriots signing James Harrison like weeks away from their matchup with the Steelers who, like, this, like, James Harrison, in case you don't know who this guy is, like, he is, like, a very controversial player in NFL history. Like, he is probably one of the dirtier players people would list him as. I personally didn't think he was that dirty. I loved his intense play style, but, like, a lot of people hated his attitude. So for the Patriots to, like, basically go out and sign this guy weeks ahead of playing the Steelers... You can't help but think to yourself, like, is it bad etiquette for a team to do something? And I know that's not the BJ Armstrong situation. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of how to word this next. Um, I guess you pretty much gave your entire thoughts on it. Um, I kind of agree with you to an extent. Like, I feel like you you gotta do what you gotta do to win that game, especially when it's against Jordan and the Bulls. Like, when you know you might not come out of that series winning. Um, but I feel like there's there's got to be some kind of honor code.
0: For for me, like I I think it's like if you if the team like lets you go if the team doesn't resign you and you're still playing, you have every right to use that knowledge that you gain to to win games. Like you're like think about it like you know like their play like let's say let's say that you know their playbook or whatever. You go to a new team. You're playing this team. How do you not say like, you're not going to be in the locker room and be like, oh, sorry, I can't, I can't tell you what they're going to run. Like, you know, I have so much <laughs> loyalty to the team that cut me or traded me or let yeah. me go or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. So, yeah, so for me, for me, it's just, it's easy. Like you let me go. I'm using all, like all, everything I learned from you, anything the coaches taught me and anything that I learned in meetings, like I'm going to yeah. try and shut you down and beat you guys beat you as any way possible. Yeah. You know, it's pro sports, right? It's not, there, there's, there's no etiquette for me there, but mm-hmm. I do see what you
2: guys are saying. hmm didn't that happen to the Browns coach? The Browns coach was fired and then he was exactly. rehired. Oh
4: yeah but i mean yeah, that doesn't exactly. really matter he was a shit coach anyways he probably didn't know yeah. what <laughs> has no I knowledge mean, <laughs> i mean it,
0: it it would be good if they uh it would be good for the browns if some other team brought him on to uh, like help try and win games against the browns because the only thing he could do was lose for the browns so maybe he could <laughs> lose against the browns too did you yeah
4: so sorry this is a little bit off topic but it's just interesting that we bring up hugh jackson around this time because today i actually saw something um he was basically talking about how baker mayfield like made him feel like so bad about himself and there was like a quote that was saying like he felt like a teacher um with like a bad student or something that like didn't respect him and i i just found that so funny because it's like wow you really were a bad head coach like letting one of your rookies toss you around (laughs) like that like that is that is so funny
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, Hugh, Hugh Jackson is one of the worst coaches in NFL history. Like oh, the guy, the guy is just so bad. I, just wild. Coach the Raiders and the Browns to the worst franchises when they had him at the coaches or as a, as as a coach. So doesn't doesn't speak too well for his record.
3: Don't
0: Yeah. Um, going back uh, to the the Bulls, um,
3: just a, f- you know, a few things to to kind of touch on, a few mis misc stuff before we wrap it up. Uh, I know Bailey loves the flu game. If you wanted to touch on that um do you buy into the conspiracy that um they they poison the pizza
2: uh no oh. i don't i don't know like yeah if i was to to guess i don't think they did i think it was just like it was what, yeah. bad dough or something or pepperoni or whatever i did hear an uh, interview with uh, jason air the director and the guys that were interviewing him were like how like I don't know about you, but I've been in a lot of hotel rooms where like there's pizza and we all eat the pizza. So why was it only Jordan that got that got sick? And the story is that Jordan spat on the pizza to make sure that no one else ate the pizza. Oh. So he's with like his, his security guards and stuff, and yeah. they had all eaten already, apparently. So he like spat on the pizza, no one else would eat it, so he crushed it himself. <laughs> that's why that's why no one else okay. was
4: what is up <laughs> yeah. with this guy this he truly was a sociopath eh? like yeah i'm convinced this has done nothing like this conversation has done nothing but convince me that this guy was like <laughs> not different. okay yeah different is a good way of putting it. <laughs> different is a very pc way of putting it
0: that's pretty yeah, yeah, damn yeah. different i'll tell you that <laughs> um oh one thing
2: in, what, the, what yeah go ahead i always think it's it's his it's his greatest performance because yeah. When you look – so they won the first two games of the series. They go to Utah, and they lose the next two. And now – so you, you've never been down 3-2. Like Jordan never got to the finals and was down 3-2. He only faced elimination like a handful of times in his two three beats. And so – and then you're also going into Utah. They won 23 straight. So he hadn't – they hadn't lost. And now he's going into the game thinking, I'm just going to be a decoy and then his team doesn't respond. Like, there's a clip. I mean, Tony Kukoc throws the ball up to Steve Curry in transition, and it hits him in the back of his head. Like, the Bulls were, like, just garbage that game. And then yeah. he had to, like, step up and 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 do what he did. And he's, like, he definitely had something, like poison, whatever. But he was, like, just you, you know how bad he wanted to win. And that's when he was, like, I already thought he was the best, but – Mm-hmm. And, and not to go on about LeBron, but in 2014, there's the LeBron game where he's, like, light like cramps. And I just think, like, Jordan would have gotten through it. Like, like, and I know that I, I'm totally yeah. partial, but or impartial, whatever. But yeah. I, Jordan was – that just separated Jordan from every athlete, that he just – he wanted to win so bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was – yeah, the flu game is by far the best.
0: Mm-hmm. So question for all you guys, then just kind of make it throw in a little personal touch. Have you guys ever had your own flu game or something like that? Like a circumstance that like made it unlikely that you were going to perform well in a game and then you guys stepped up or something like that?
4: No. Okay. <laughs> there well there was like any quidditch games where you're hung over or something like that there was like one game where i was like legitimately concussed but like it's not like i played out of my mind well okay so well you physi- did play out of your physically mind Physically, i did not play out of my mind mentally i was not there, like whatsoever that was like that was uh like that was in grade 11 too like that was not that was not during our good season so like nobody played well so it's really hard to say like yeah i stepped up i made every tackle on the field no like i was like dead i was dying dude like like i couldn't see straight
3: what about you brady nothing come nothing comes to mind i don't i don't think i guess like just be injuries i guess nothing crazy
0: what about you bailey uh no nothing No. see I, I got one actually i did right, i did Kish, actually have let's, a flu let's game. hear about the, he uh, ask that so he could say this let me pull up this is i have where, just written uh, up
2: Kishan was
4: his he woke up in the morning his pinky toe was hurting a little bit so he goes yeah. out and he shoots 80 or whatever
0: buddy i wish <laughs> i could shoot an 80 are you kidding me um no i i so i don't um mitch alcock was on this team actually as oh uh, no he wasn't um, but we had we had one game where like we actually had like a flu running like through our entire team like half our team got sick. Uh, we had somebody end up like, like being in the hospital because they like, just couldn't stop throwing up like they were just like they were on IVs just like completely throwing up. Like one of the so there it was a um, a brother and sister that were both on our team and um, the brother was the one in the hospital and he was like saying like oh I can play I can play I can play and then, but then like throwing up and then be like no 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 I'm fine I'm fine and then just like throwing up so he like he couldn't make it out of the hospital for the game and I had a bad as well and like any other day if we had a full team like I would have been like yeah I'm not not playing this but my my dad I think was a coach on that team and he's like well I'm sorry bud but you're you're fine like like you're you're not in the hospital so I think you got to play this one um I ended up scoring two goals but in the game but I ended up like between every shift I would come off throw up if i had to and then my dad would like you guys know ginger beer like the uh like apparently it's like really good for you when you're sick like i hate the stuff like it's to this day i cannot stand the stuff and i think it's part of partly because of this he would like just crack open like we had small glass bottles of it just throw as much down my throat as possible rinse Mm -hmm. out my mouth with water so i didn't have the taste and i'd be like pretty much right back out there getting double shifted two goals and i think we ended up winning the game but that's my uh that's my flu game story Uh, I'm I'm, i'm i'm very happy about that by the way
3: same thing basically
0: yeah, pretty much. You know, not not in, uh, NBA Finals, but uh, it was like some one-off. Yeah, tournament that, that we that's ended up true. Losing. Yours was more important. More important, for sure. No question. Speaking right, of um, ginger
4: beer, though, have you got like, have you guys ever had Moscow Mules? Yeah. Oh yeah. I do not understand the hype around that drink.
0: Like they're good. what? The they're, they're, they're
4: also pretty good. It's like drinking a block of ginger, and it is probably the most disgusting. Like I hate ginger as well. Like I love ginger flavor, but I hate like actual ginger if that makes any sense
0: like shout out to all the redheads out there
4: no no no, but like ginger ale super of course but it's like fake ginger it's like ginger flavoring but like not canada dry if you have like like my mom like uh horror stories from this we used to so uh when i lived in calgary like we'd drive up to our cabin which was about three three and a half four hours away and, uh, so my sister would get like car sick really bad. And instead of taking gravel, cause that would like gravel messed you up when you were a kid, like got weird fever dreams in the car. But anyways, um, she had these little like candied ginger cubes and she would eat them. Like they're nothing, right? Like they're candy. I remember trying one and I think like I had this like entire sensation of burning in my esophagus and it was probably just the most disgusting like it went down to my stomach and I could feel it sitting in my stomach I was like what is ginger like why do people like this it feels like I just swallowed lead like this is disgusting I I don't get it I don't get it
1: but um
0: when I so when I when I was bartending there was one one wedding that I had that there was like a group of like five people that just absolutely loved them and from 7 p.m to 2 like to 1 a.m they just crushed them like the entire way through it was just slugging them back and i'm like wow this is insane no, so we a, actually yeah. ended up like having to run up and get the copper mugs aiden from uh from like falls
4: yeah and a, like we were
0: using those for that's those a guys
2: fat no for me it's disgusting. dropped me a
0: fat hundred dollar tip though so i'm okay with it shout out to moscow meals
2: for that oh <laughs> maybe it's an old people's drink because i like them oh, okay. oh. <laughs> and they, they would have been
0: they would have been about your age so definitely an old people drink yeah
4: my oh, parents gosh. like love there was like a good like my parents go on these tirades where they'll like drink a certain drink for like two months and then i'll never see it again like so this was around christmas time i was gonna buy them like copper mugs for their moscow mules and then sure enough i have not seen them had have a moscow mule since so kind of glad Did you buy I the mugs no i'm glad i didn't oh, okay. go that route
0: so <laughs> wine's always before safe. we send it before we send it over to like the last little segment here, because we got to wrap it up, I think we're pushing two hours here. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, uh, Bailey's wife is just screaming in the other room for him to come out. He's just hiding out, but. Yeah, help with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, blink twice if we need help. But uh, <laughs> what is your, what's your like current favorite drink, like alcoholic? Favorite drink? Aiden, if you want to start.
4: He's, oh, oh, you're asking the group. Oh, I yeah, I'm asking the just... group. Uh, you know what? I'll go last. This is like a this question puts my mind in a. <laughs> yes, place. you can't you can't
0: ask these questions now. Yeah,
4: this it's like it's impossible okay. to pick one.
0: That's why I said current. As you're lucky, I didn't say like of all time. But uh well, today, Mr. okay, you got one. Oh,
4: oh, okay. So 89. today, I made I made a smoothie with like mango, pineapple, and like some coconut rum, and that was like amazing. Like it was unbelievable.
0: Wow, it's weird that you're already drinking considering we're recording at ten A.M. but we'll uh, we'll let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Bailey, what about you?
2: I actually I, I do like Moscow mules. Um, I've had Donovan McNabb buy me a Moscow mule, so that's wow. okay, that, I would, let, I, would that, that name drop, baby. Yeah. I would let oh Donovan McNabb God. buy
4: me a mo- Moscow mule. That is a good <laughs>
2: But I'd let him buy me I a like shot of
0: fireball. That is insane. Ow. What's the what's the story behind that? I I don't think we can let that slide. We got to hear it.
2: So coaching with Richard Nurse, his yep. it's his brother in law. So yeah. when we were down in Washington and we we're doing all these AAU kind of tournaments, uh, Donovan's Donovan McNabb's uh, daughter, she plays as well. So we know each other. So it's just you just you hang out with them and you you never like. Richard's my boss, so usually he would buy the drinks. But when Don McNabb's around, Richard doesn't worry about buying drinks because <laughs> it's okay. He's
0: he's <laughs> he's he's, he's got enough saved up, I think. A little a little bit of savings.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It was, like it's like it was like me when Robbie Alomar is buying all of us dr- uh, shots. It's like just just let him take care of the billy. <laughs> yeah.
4: He's got
0: everybody in the restaurant. So Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. so mr billy's at the moscow mule then that's your that's your answer yeah. for that i yeah. think
4: i heard you say caesars as well yeah i'll take caesars so you get caesar then you like literally my two least favorite drinks <laughs> 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 they're
0: they're definitely an acquired taste i don't know if i fully acquired the caesar taste yet but uh I, there was a lot of people that i worked with like when i bartended that just loved them they would just crush them so of that's an interesting one brady you said you can't answer that one I don't know. It's it's
3: summertime, so I'll say strawberry daiquiri.
4: Brady's a varsity Ooh. athlete. He doesn't drink anything. Quidditch yeah, demands complete soberness <laughs> year-round. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's going to be catching that golden snitch or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm not a seeker. <laughs>
0: is it true the golden snitch is actually just a person running around like completely like covered in gold like they haven't in invented actual snitches what do, what do you, <laughs> so, yeah. so that's what it is though it is it is a person running around in, like else, a yellow it's jumpsuit not
3: a, it's, it's not a no it's not a jumpsuit <laughs> uh you, no yellow you
4: you you play a silly game
3: <laughs> it's more more it's you guys play rec so i'm i'm in the major leagues <laughs> I'm. I I'm, mean, I'm oh. I got. I got selected to a professional t- North American team, and our cancel season got canceled this year. But next year, I'll be playing professional Major League Quidditch.
0: Brady made it. Congratulations, Toronto Raiders.
4: Did you so, send them crazy, like your too. highlight tape of you bodying about like five women? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's
3: brutal. <laughs> we, we had we had to do virtual tryouts, so I put together. Um, highlight so that's
4: that is actually that is (laughs) actually pretty cool virtual
0: tryouts brady just sets up sophia like in front of
4: a couch (laughs) right through
0: no i i have a lot of game film
3: so
2: yeah was it a draft
3: no it was just um you you try out for teams and then it's kind of they normally you'd go to a tryout and then you
0: it's it's like yeah selections there's not enough no it was like it was like wayne Gretzky was like a priority selection before the draft like (laughs) top notch that was me it's like, oh, Brady Barrow, the Case and Fun podcast. Yeah, no, num- number one draft pick. He's got too much quality. It was it was just
3: for just for popularity. Po- popularity. Yeah, but it's like it it's next like year.
0: Biz signing to the the Vancouver Warriors, the lock cross team. It's just oh, like a PR God. move. Yeah, because Brady's Brady's as big as Paul. I'm a good player. All right, All right so yeah, what's uh, Mr. Yeah. Bailey? Last time you were on, we uh we asked you a couple like random silly questions, kind of thing. Um, we are introducing like a new little segment it's something something similar it's just going to be uh a this or that i think is what we're going to call it so just we're going to give you two options you got to pick one um aiden you want to start us off
4: yeah so uh we've talked a lot about basketball obviously so would you rather be able to dunk or like flawlessly shoot three-pointers
2: I think i think is it is it my size
4: yeah like you like, that, you if, as if you, you a as guy, a person
2: if you like, see a white guy like me and my size and my age dunk i'm gonna take that because that's a lot of that's, that but, is
4: pretty
3: cool yeah
2: white guy shooting threes flawlessly like they've got enough of those. <laughs> yeah none of yeah there's no, <laughs> there's no amazing <laughs> white guy dunkers that are yeah so... that is yeah. true. That is <laughs> yeah. very true fair enough i think
3: Okay, Tim's oh. or Starbucks.
2: Um, I think it's Tim's now.
1: Okay. I'm go with Tim's. Okay. All right. You know, many times i thought about.
2: Would you guys call it a Gretzky? Yeah. 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 Nine sugars, nine milks, or creams. Yeah. Yeah. I've i thought of that. So every, like every other time I've gone to Tim Hortons and I've never, <laughs> I haven't done it yet. Yeah, Interestingly
4: the- enough, I don't know if anyone else. I can't remember if anyone else tried it with me. Yeah,
0: um, I think we all did. Yeah, yeah, I, I tried it. Adam Del Fabro tried it too
4: it was awful. It was terrible. It
0: was bad. It's it not bad. bad. It's just
3: like sugar yeah. milk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's not good.
4: It's yeah. hardly even warm because there's so much milk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. Okay. Quiche. Not, yeah. All right. Next one. Apple or Android. Apple. Yeah. All day. I, I, I feel like for me, like I'm so biased. Like I got, I got the watch, got the AirPods. I have two Apple phones. I have the MacBook. Like I'm fully invested in Apple.
2: I remember it was like my second year teaching at Meadows and, uh, Ms. say she had a a MacBook and I was like Yeah. 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 It was good. And I like <laughs> ever since I I I'm never going back.
0: Yeah. I yeah. I remember I remember when the the we walked into the gym and there was like a, a an iMac like the box of it was just sitting like just outside the little office there. And I remember <laughs> everyone just like peeking into
4: the peeking into like the little uh the office <laughs> and was like trying to get a glimpse of the iMac. The <laughs> iMac. Do you wow. guys yeah. okay, but even more. Do you guys remember those like colored mac like computers that we had yep i had one those, of those were disgusting oh my god yeah gosh. the macintosh they not just not looked mac awful yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. okay That's it fun. looks like Aiden. yeah so beer or wine yeah yeah,
0: yeah I, beer. I, I at one point there i, I was strongly love. wine over beer but uh I, i'm definitely beer over wine now Jeez,
3: these questions aren't for you stop answering them i'm trying to relate it's, you don't have to relate. It's okay. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll shut up, Brady. i was <laughs> just kidding. Um, card game or board game? And then your favorite one that you choose.
2: Oh, uh, I think <laughs> I think just, because my just age, my kids have played a lot more board, board games, games more. than card games now. But although I do like a good game of asshole or present, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yep. that's
0: yeah, that always yeah. that fun. All right sorry brady was that too much of a personal comment there or am, yes. I, am I good don't say yeah. that either yeah okay uh books or ebooks
2: um books i don't yeah. read a lot that sounds so bad as a teacher <laughs> <laughs> i actually I have, I have a phil jackson book on my bedside table right now right um, nice. but uh yeah books
3: yeah i have a i, percy, as, as I, a, a, I have a percy jackson broke my hand on my table but.
4: brady no personal anecdotes yeah it's, it's, not, it's, it's to an be. interview it's not yeah we're not i was
3: here. i said as a joke <laughs> i was kidding
4: that's all right um perfect teeth or perfect hair uh. <laughs> <laughs> got him there guys
1: i don't know because i don't have I'm not close to either of them, so. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I, what would I you rather it, have? Yeah, going, going with my age, I want to make sure I have good hair. Okay. Because I feel yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm, not balding yet, but yeah. my widow's peak is starting to come in. So, <laughs> I think uh, I think I'm gonna go hair because there's a lot of guys my age that are losing their hair and they're quite yeah. self-conscious of it.
4: Yeah, I'm already starting to lose my hair. Sorry, personally, I'd go. I guess. <laughs> yeah,
0: sorry, Aiden, you can't do that. You can't do that. Aiden, um, not the guest. Theme park
3: or. Water park. Say it again. Like amusement park with roller coasters
0: or a water park.
2: A water park. Oh, okay.
0: Yep. All right. The city or the country.
2: Oh, my wife's uh, a country girl, and if we're in COVID, country, country, country. <laughs> yeah.
4: Fair Ooh. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. They're living up there. Okay, Pretty so much we've, much. we've got a uh, one more for you here. And personally for this one, I feel like there is actually a right answer on this. So, when you put your cups in the cupboard, do you put them right side up or do you put the brim down? Brim down. Yeah, okay. Correct. Correct. There if you put them up, you are dirty dirty dirty. I'm sorry. Dirty. There's
0: no, there's dude, I have no... I've not flipped up in my house. They're Why? they're they're flipped up in the in you, the cupboard. Do you
4: like the wash cup. them before you Cut. drink out of them? <laughs> It's You're collect- in a cupboard.
0: It's collecting dust. you open the we, cupboard. Stuff no, goes yeah, in but a we,
4: cup. I open a cupboard it's, to get the glass. It's the same type of situation as like, um, like when you flush the toilet with like the seat up. Oh my it's god! It's the same exact. Well, but that's the thing. It's, it's the, the same same thing. situation.
2: Wait, what's what's the? You put the seat down and so, then you flush, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. You
4: yeah. have to like close the toilet before you flush, or else so particles, the particles don't go
0: flying everywhere. Yeah, that was a, that was a game That's not a real thing way. is it yeah yeah, yeah, it, is. yeah. They can go, they, it can like fly up to like 10 feet or something like that they did like they the, did like
3: an infrared or whatever the particle yeah. camera capture is and then like it just it's everything
2: just goes everywhere yeah don't
4: don't not watch it thing. just uh take our word for
2: it because I, I, do, I put it down but I never thought of it like that yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: I, yeah. Yeah, it was it it was kind of disturbing, I'm not gonna lie, cause it shows like the video or the bathroom, then it goes to like infrared and then it shows everything and it is like
3: wow. The walls and the
4: that that bathroom is a decent sized bathroom and it got covered.
2: I have one for you guys. Yes. Your toilet paper. Over over hold on one sec. Over.
4: (laughs) We (laughs) don't no one else can see this. What is how is he, does he doing? not
3: how, how does he not know he's checking
4: oh over oh of course yeah over hundred yeah. percent
2: see I don't care but we as staff at redell this it was like a couple months ago everyone was like up in arms like people were yeah. upset <laughs> because it was like no how's that? that's disgusting civil war yeah.
4: <laughs> people like, yeah. I think I like, like people get yeah upset like, it, over it, it really does not things
0: that one it's that crazy. one for me like really like, none of these really matter that much like uh but that one for me just like it means nothing because like you're not using the toilet paper when it's on the roll well i hope not like you're taking it off anyway so like you're yeah. ripping it off what's the what's the difference if it goes under or over
4: i'd say there is like it's one of, it's just one of those things right like when i put it on i put it on over but if it's under, yeah, I'm check. not gonna go up in arms about it. But
3: I usually yeah. I change it if I see it. If I'm over at someone's house I'll just do a little switch or reading. Hey, we
4: we get <laughs> we get it. You're a weirdo. Like,
1: I don't disgust. like it. I don't. I don't like you. play the,
4: Quidditch. You fix other people's toilet paper. Like I, I don't know what party, else there is to say. Every, every party, party like Brady goes to, like
3: you'll
0: switch it so it's over.
3: It's more as a joke, but.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no you're. Yeah. Every, yeah, he's, I don't
3: he's do not. that. I do to party my own that house. He's
0: been to, he uh, he like walks into the bathrooms every single one and just flips all over all the toilet paper. That's uh, Brady's party trick. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Bailey, thank you again for coming back on. This was an absolute great time. Mm-hmm. It's been what aiden what do we got for time two hours
2: two hours exactly and
0: we left two hours
2: and 40 seconds i know i'm going through the questions now we still didn't hit some of these
0: we left a lot of i
2: wanted so much
3: i wanted to hit but you know for sake of time
2: yeah
0: it's there's so much to unpack in that documentary and then we didn't even we like you know there's so much we can talk about like just like our our personal relationships and stuff like that like you know not like significant others but like between the four of us um (laughs) <laughs> Sir Brady I wanted to clarify that for you, but thanks again for coming on. It was another good episode. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for your time.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. And yeah, if I'm, I'd be happy to come back and talk more Ancaster metal or oh, of course, um, basketball. Well, I well, think once, maybe once can...
3: the season starts, maybe like once the playoffs start, and um, yeah, we saw we we have that to talk about. That's in a couple months, so
2: yeah, that can... thing is going to be really interesting. How they 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 want to do it and how it's actually going to look like.
0: Let's go Raptors. I was trying to trying to, no, not at all. I was trying to set up, um, like get Caleb also in the zoom and see if we can, uh, surprise you with that. And like, you talk more about some Ancaster Meadow stuff and, you know, a combination of like our, our two Next esteemed time. guests. So we'll, uh, we'll see if we can set that up for Andrew Bailey part three and Caleb Radley part three actually as well. Yeah. A little collab. That sounds good. All right. Thank for you sure. again. Yeah. Thank you. do you want to hit some little sign off here?
3: You Make say go pun- Rockets, are gonna oh, be disappointed. Oh, I'm gonna say go Bulls. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that works. May your punts be high and side down the ten. See you, boys and girls.